All right, you want to do a show? Uh, is this thing on? Yeah. <laughs> that oh, was a legit oh, question. It's, well, no, Not it's like actually... a jokey comedian thing. Yeah, let's do it. It's more of a technical one because you still don't have headphones anymore. I, right. I, I feel I like I've... I feel like it's... It could be seen as a power move that I'm the only one. I hate the headphones personally. I love, uh, first of all, hilarious that you that I would see it uh, as a power. Like Brian is trying to power move me at the podcast. He's wearing headphones and I don't get any. I always, I know you don't uh, watch ESPN or something like that, but you remember there was a or something like that. Well, a lot of sports stuff. I know that you're just angry with a lot of people and stuff. But the um, <laughs> but my my point is. That there, speaking of anger, there used to be this ESPN radio show called Mike and Mike, and yeah, it doesn't yeah. exist anymore well, they because they up, got yeah. in fights. And it was because, and this happens Wait, quite really? a bit. At, oh, yeah, yeah. So what happened was... I thought I, it, they just... No. No, what happened was, from what I understand, and this is this is not unique to them, but so they, the show was very popular, I guess. I watched Mike and Mike. It was extremely popular, but from a radio standpoint, it was extremely popular, too. Yeah, that's and why ESPN one of them... Was offered an opportunity and didn't tell the other one about it, and I think that that started the riff of like, oh, so our collective success is bringing more success to you, and you are capitalizing it. So that was there was this oh. under undertone of like, f you. Well, I mean, there's. Oh, by the way, that. welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian. Irwin. Oh, I'm John. Huff. There we go. I mean, we had Daniel Stesson on because of you, and then he booked me on a show. You know, he, he hired me to be so like, is that a power move? But I don't I know. Are you, you trying to it. stitch two unrelated? I think I told you about it though. So like, there was no, there was no like, backdoor action. I wasn't trying to like go around you. You know. Why? Why are you telling me all this? <laughs> are you guilty about? What do I? No, why would I care? It's mean, a dissimilar thing. Like someone offered. I me may spend a lot of time alone in my house because of a collective. So because I don't paranoid. have anything to do. So now but you're that, just I don't want you to. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I peeked out the window the other day. I can tell everyone's after me. Uh, the mailman looked at me funny. No, I don't. I don't. I told you I quit acting a long time ago. I know, but my point is that is when like they started singing like, and dancing in front of, of me collective. at the audition. I'm gonna. I'll, uh, we, uh, we have an actor who will be popping in in just a second. But that was. I, th I think I've talked about that before. That's when I realized I don't belong. But I'm not a. But you know, by trade, I'm not a song and dance man. As but it, it was like more a, of a, it was a commercial. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are all, that's all gibberish anyway. They're going to overdub your voice and doesn't matter. But I understand what you're saying. I had to go in How, once. You keep stitching in unrelated storylines here. What is putting your voice over something? How else? is it unrelated? You don't want to sing and dance. I tell you, they're not going to actually use your voice in the singing, they're going to overdub it with something else. Just so you know, for two and a half hours, I sat here uh, doing other stuff, no phone calls. As soon as you start the show, phone keeps ringing. None, none of it like important, but it's just it's just funny that all of a sudden everybody's calling right now. But I'm not mad about it. I'm trying to find peace. How? And your know. Target rush shirt and your camo pants? It's not, it's not from Target. It's the same place I got the White Castle shirt that you wanted. Yeah, Macy's? No. Uh, Nordstrom Rack. Rack. <laughs> there we go. I'm always last year's look. And I don't oh, care. Oh, that's a good, but that's a good cultivated fashion sense. Like I'm last who, year's look. Who? Who? Why would I ever want to be ahead of the curve? Too, First off, being ahead of the children. curve also costs you a mortgage payment. Dude, God, Second God, of all, shit. at my age, 
Who? For, and for what reason? For so kids can come it. over and spit on me? Brian's 50. <laughs> Who's coming over to spit on you? Children just spit without spitting. They just, oh. you know, they're still slits, thin nose and mouth. And oh, well, that's you like get talking new to shoes. comedians. You get new shoes, they always step on new shoes. That's why you can't have white shoes around children. They will step on them. Or around your dickhead friends. My friends would always scuff up white shoes if they saw them. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess I could see that from Warrenville, I guess. <laughs> In college. And yeah. Los oh, Angeles, not college and pretty so much, much everywhere you've ever been. After, yeah, Prison. Ashland, Warrenville, Prison, Susanville, Jail, not Susanville, Prison. yeah, Susanville. That's right. That's right. All the all the name Vills, all the Vills, all the people Vills that you've been at. And then I get barked at by Gary and Frankville. <laughs> we're at the we're at Brian, Brian the Manorville. The dogs, the dogs. By the way, so the house next door is finally on the market. And I've never, I've never, in. never had a house for sale right next to me. I just realized this ever in my entire life. Oh, I guess not. Huh? So I happen to, I know it's going to be a shock to you. I happen to be home yesterday, <laughs> um, and they did a during the day uh, thing. Showing? Was oh, it yeah. an open house or just a showing? I, what's the difference? Well, they bring one pe- people. Oh no, 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 no! no. Like the first time, keep no, no. In. So they did do a showing once, and I had just pulled up. It was at night, and oh. they were rustling around in the bushes like raccoons in and the front because like, there's a the lot of fuck is over no, there. I didn't care. Then I just heard it's just us, Brian. It's okay. And then I like sent over. I go, what did you think I was gonna do? Like hurt you? Get a stick and start slapping it around in the bushes. First off. The, the, the realtor shouldn't say that because that's already scaring prospective clients if you're making sure that the it's next okay. door neighbor... The crazy neighbor might stab us. Yes, the yeah. man in camo pants in last year's Rush t-shirt. Don't worry. <laughs> Nordstrom Rack, everybody. <laughs> but so then there was yesterday's, and I got I, I started watching everybody that was coming in. Uh, yeah, and then, of course. It's like getting and, a new roommate. You're like, who's this fucking guy moving in now? And then clearly a group of uh, almost for sure millennials who probably thought they were going to group their money together to buy the place got out like a clown car out of a, out of a small Honda. And the thing is, is like a lot of people were pulling up and they're making eye contact with me. And I don't, I don't know what to do with that situation because you're temporary neighbors. You're not probably moving in. You're just looking at the house, probably going to be disappointed, whatever, right? So I kind of made a half smile and I know I currently have like a Wilderbeard. And they laughed at me after they walked away, and I spied on them through the bushes, and I was angry. I'm like, if I find out you're getting close to buying this house, I'm wrecking it for you. You are a fucking crazy old man. I already held a grudge against potential new buyers for laughing at me. They laughed. First of all, did they say, did you see that guy? Ha, ha, ha. Or were they laughing because they were baked and laughing at something else? (laughs) Probably. Like, there's been a million times where me and my friends have laughed at something, and then I realized quickly that the person right over here is like, those fucking kids are laughing at us. And I'm like, <laughs> we don't even know who you are, dude. We don't care about you. No, we're laughing at something else. They were probably laughing about other things. <laughs> yeah, or they're like, hey, man, I don't want to move in next door to Wildebeard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just picking up some trash up front, trying to be respectful, you know. Okay. You dead, need a camouflage dead, top, too. Dead raccoons and squirrels and stuff. If you have you a know? camo, add a camo jacket to this look, and then you will scare people. What is it with everybody making fun of me because I wear camo pants? I don't know. You were never in it's the just military. Pants. And, yeah, I know. I wear camo oh, shorts. Oh, I was never in the military. Are, is that what we're stating to everyone? Then why do they make them? Why? Let me tell you something. A, a really athletic, cool-looking guy said to me, he was a stuntman, which means he's awesome. He was like, where'd you get those pants? That's when I knew I was cool. Because if he's saying that, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you want to bring in a guest? Or you got I anything think to share? we should, yeah. All right. Yeah. She's uh, uh, probably the most known for being my neighbor, but... Uh, um, 
<laughs> Did you spy on her? Did she laugh at you? Is that what this is? You're bringing her in to yell at she her? She doesn't look close enough for me to spy. No, I'm oh, not okay. spying anybody. I'm not that creepy. Jessica Renee Russell, welcome to the show. Hello. Jessica um, Renee Russell, actress, thank you for being here. Actress, uh, also writer. I'm going to put that on there because I know you're working on some stuff right now. Oh, nice. It's exciting stuff. Yes, welcome to the show, Graham. Thank you very much. Yeah. Showgram. Showgram. So you're close <laughs> enough. So did you? So are you guys gonna look at the house? Uh, the house next door. Yeah. Have you ever been in it? Are you not a snooper? See, my wife snooped. Like we don't have to because I've been in the house a million times. But every house that goes on the market within like a half mile radius, you go in. And we ha- I have to walk with her. I have to go into the house. I have to pretend like I'm interested. There's like a whole process to it. You don't do that. No. You have no interest. No. Okay. I'm- no, I'm just gonna. You're satisfied. I'm satisfied. Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I I, th- I mean, I guess I can see that if I like owned a house in an area and then things are going up for sale, I'd want to see what was inside. Like, what kind of what kind of dishwasher they have? What kind of washer yeah, and dryer? Yeah, check they out using? the appliances. Yeah, so like what what's what? their base? That's even weirder. Why? Who cares about the appliances? I don't know. Well, who cares have? about any of it? I mean, <laughs> you're not buying the fucking house. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. My, it's my. I was just asking her because that's my, what probably she wants to do is go see what everyone else has. Yeah. Well, there's nothing in the house. They gutted it. Oh wow! It's empty. They gutted it, gutted it, or it's like people are walking around on fucking. No, 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 no. They didn't do that. Yeah, no, yeah, on oh. beams. Yes, yeah. Actually, there's no house there. It was. It's an idea. <laughs> They're just having an open house you know, I'm really, idea. I'm, it's just a, a I'm just exploring the space of this empty lot, except there's a man in the bushes yelling at me for laughing. <laughs> I'm not weird. I'm a li- everybody in the neighborhood kind of likes me, right? You're I think. A, you're a huge hit in the neighborhood. Huge hit. So you hear that? Huge hit. Okay. That makes me think, like, what is that? What is that? Is that like something like, okay, close the door. He's gone. Now, let's mock everything he just did. Well, that probably happens as well. But, you know, I look. A big I'm, hit. Is it like, oh, Brian, he's a card? Or is it like. No, well, he also like, found the only dead body in the neighborhood, first off. So say, that starts there. Yeah. I mean, he's just. So were you here for around? No. For the, no. I was okay. Not. No, but I've heard the story. When you, she, I think she would agree on this. When you, when you're, when you're new to the neighborhood, they go, "You need to talk to dude over there. He found a dead body." That's like a, it's like a, what's that? Stand one? by me. Yes, it's stand by me. So everybody needs to know the story. Everyone's yes. got to take the walk over train tracks to come yeah. to your house. And <laughs> you're like Kiefer Sutherland. You, you want to see a dead body? <laughs> Ace and Eyeball took me to see a dead body across the street from Brian Irwin's house. But you haven't been here that long. You moved. From, where did you move from? New York City. New York City, that's right. And, and But via Texas? Via Texas. Via Texas. Well, meaning you moved from Texas to New York. Moved from Texas to New York, New York to Los Angeles. And so uh, how did you, why New York through, te- why L.A., uh, New York to L.A.? How do I ask that question? How I do don't you know, but first of all, why'd you leave Texas? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of there as fast as my legs would take. Whereabouts in Texas, first off? North Texas, I grew up in a town called Cross Timbers, which is a... Uh, Sounds like a training shoe of some <laughs> kind, but it's probably not. A training shoe? I wear Cross Timbers! No, that's like it sounds to me more like trainers? the sticks, but it, it probably was yes, not the sticks. Yes, I grew up in the sticks. Did you really or no? Like, were your neighbors close, or were you very spread no, out? No, I, I grew up next to a Jehovah's Witness and, um, like, a peacock farmer. I thought you were going to say Jehovah's Witness and just a peacock. And a peacock. And a pe- oh, yeah. Peacock owned the house next door. It was very lucrative in the stock <laughs> yeah, market. I grew up in a cartoon. <laughs> the neighbors to the right had peacocks. Jo- George was the peacock's Are name. They only just, had one, wait. wait, they only had one peacock? One pe- two and a guinea, a couple guinea hens. Wait, how, how do they have a farm Let's if there's the only... slurs well, to a minimum. 
Oh, he's <laughs> fucking guinea hens. They had peacocks as pe- pets. Oh, okay. And then next door to them was a longhorn pasture. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That makes sense for Texas. Yeah. But was that, what, did it, was there a poopy smell? I mean, probably, but... Okay, you just get you used, used to it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, that is true. Like, I remember... I just um, think longhorns are like, probably leave some steamers. No, but I I remember... I'll never forget. Uh, um, I grew up in Racine, Wisconsin. On the baseball team, I remember the first time in high school, we took we had to take a bus trip, and we had to play in Cudahy, which Ooh. Cudahy, however you want to say it. But that was... It was where the slaughterhouse were to make bacon and stuff like that. And when we were going to the field, all of a sudden when we got in there, because our the bus windows are open, obviously there's no AC in there, and we're like, what, what? It and it, like, like the death. whole city smelled like that, but they but they don't know it. They're so used to it. We were just like, oh my god, what is this wretched smell? Have you ever driven through Coalinga, California? No. What no. is that? It's literally not even like two hours north. It's like it's like maybe it's. Northeast somehow because it's not like Santa Barbara area, but it's this maybe it's three four hours, but it's like my buddy Matt calls it cow switch. It's like it is where they kill all the cows. Uh, there are so many cows. It's like wait, just in front of everybody, just out on the pasture. Yep, they do it to just... set an example so that you don't take shits in the yard. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean it's there's slaughterhouses. It's like, it, but it smells like absolute cow shit and death. It is the worst, and there are people that live there. I'm like, I went there to do comedy <laughs> once at a. They're like, oh, it's the junior college. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, college kids, and they were like, well, no, school's not in session. I'm like, oh, then why am I going to college? What's going on at the junior college? And it was literally an auditorium, lights up, thirteen people on bleachers. And like the smell would come, it was like awful. It was, and again, awful. they probably don't. So you, no one, no so one, I no one was making a face. They were just like walking around. The Longhorns, that's that's not those are those are they don't kill those ones, right? Or long, I don't I don't understand the difference between like the, long, yeah, the Longhorn, longhorn cows. Beef, I thought you can get. Uh, oh, you can. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they probably they probably. Kill she lived them, a sheltered life. Yeah. she's like I would just snap free. their they necks seemed... for kicks. But oh, they were free range. They're, okay, they were free they were happy. range. Free range. Walking around on the road. Hey, what are you doing? Yeah, have you seen the peacocks? <laughs> are the peak? Do peacocks make noise or no? Yes. So they're they're, kind are, of they lo- are they are they like they're roosters? Very very loud. Are they morning things like where they do the same thing that roosters do, where they get it annoyed you as a teenager because you want to sleep in, thing or no? It never annoyed. I was I was so used to it. Oh really? I moved around a lot. In so the in the house. Yeah, and I I went from room to room quite often. I was allowed I was like, to, what leave it like to sleep my bedroom occasionally. In the living room. What's it like to sleep in the bathroom? <laughs> Uh, but the house in Cross Embers was the one that we were at for most of my childhood. Okay. Like the younger part or the teen part? We moved there when I was six or seven. Okay. And then stayed there till I was 14. Okay. So most of the memory years, because pre-six, do you remember a lot from like six under? I do. Actually. Really? I have, I have a freakish memory. See, I don't have it. I always wondered why. I, I, I guess there's a reason why developmentally you forget most of your stuff when you're young. Like I talk to my kids now are 13 and 10, and I'll make a reference to something. To me, for them, it was like uh-huh. five years ago. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Like they're like, I've already forgotten stuff. So you actually remember quite a bit. I do. Do you remember yeah. being born? <laughs> There are some people that do say that. I heard. Right, no, I heard. I've, I've, heard, I've heard someone say that, and I'm like, "Hey, you full of shit." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. You mean you saw that movie where someone got born, and yeah. now you're, it's, your, your dad videotaped it, and you watched the videotape later? First off, <laughs> don't ever do that. No, I, I don't. I, I'll Why? never understand I that. I would never. Here, watch your. your do you cr- know people that have videoed it? Birth? Childbirth? Tri- and shown it to their My kids? sister asked me if I wanted to videotape her because I was like, this is when I was like in Your film school sis- in Milwaukee. She's like, do you want to, we were considering asking you to film it. I'm like, no, I'm good. Absolutely not. Because no. you were going to film school? <laughs> Make a cool Hey, I made a movie. It's called My Sister's Crowning. <laughs> It's pretty great. We're gonna have Check to change. You're gonna have to hold on for a sec. We got a new new setup. So yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna put it on sticks. Move yeah, it over here. Get, get the grips in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's not lit properly. Get a bounce. Board. Yeah, no, I don't understand. So you don't know anybody that did that? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. I guess that was just part of the early video cam I, gonna fascination. Say, I think that it's like we, yeah. we have the video camera. Let's videotape everything. Everything. Yeah. And you're like because that shit. You're never gonna. Most of that stuff is stuff you're never going to watch again. Like, I did. I will, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, after my first son was born, I did take a picture of the uh, sack because obviously you never have been going through it. Yes, yeah, of sack? course. Okay, <laughs> your baby ball sack. No, Let's get a close you up. You just of that. got a restraining order. It's so congratulations. Smooth. <laughs> smooth like his he, bottom. That's, that's two. That's two restraining orders. <laughs> just double down on it. No, but I I'll, I remember when because he came up pretty fast, right? So he was he was you know they the thing about childbirth is it comes out and they immediately once the kid is out, they move the child to another area, double check, you know, clean out the throat, like all the stuff, you know. And I just remember have, going walking over to see him, and I looked underneath where he had just been born, i.e., underneath my wife, and it was just a lot of blood, and then there was a sack. Yeah, and I was placenta, right? well, right. But I had never seen one before. So when we were kind of leaving, I was like, maybe we will just one for prosperity. You know, one little little quick click. You know, right, cool. gotta, just a little. Quick you still click. have it? Yeah, I got a picture of it. You gonna blow it up? Maybe make a poster of it? Oh, I, it's already. Hey, up. Tanner, look at what came <laughs> out after. It's you. over his bed. Oh yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> reminder. There's yeah. your brother. This there's is your, where you where came this, from. This could have been your other brother this right is, there. <laughs> he didn't do what he was told, so now he's a sack of goo. No, but other than that, no, I, I don't understand the concept of, I think th- those memories should just be amongst those that were in the room. Yeah. yeah and you try to forget It's mostly them. painful memories for the woman. Yeah. Yes. For the child as well. Like, that's why you don't remember, like, that's one of the, I mean, you're not, brain isn't developed, but it's not, like, super fun for the baby either. You know what I mean? Like, you're in a nice, warm water Oh, it's water a violent sack. process. Yeah, and then you're shot out into the world, right. and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was just swimming around, enjoying free food. And then you're like, it is. It's a very violent process. Yeah. But back to peacocks. Anyway, so Texas. Texas. So um, all right. So you moved. Why so did you, you move around in Texas? Did your parents uh, jobs? Y- or just kids? My, my yes. Uh, my mom was a kindergarten teacher, and my dad was a bookie. Oh. Yes, which I didn't learn until I was much much later. I thought he was a car salesman. <laughs> Same uh, thing. Same thing, really, Kinda. when you think about it. Yeah. So we were forced to move around a lot for various reasons. Oh, no shit. Uh, sometimes it was sad reasons, like bankruptcy. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to tell me, like, being you're being threatened. Well, that, too. Um, <laughs> turns out. Turns out. Uh, so back, it's so fucking nuts. So back in that time... If you, if the cops came to your house, they, in the next day in the newspaper, they would put your full address. Oh, God. In the Wait, what? 
Yes. So, so the in Burleson the police Star in the police report. So this was God in the I I was not around yet, but uh, it's such a small town mentality thing. It right? is. Yes. But it's also like we went to Steve's over on Main Street. Three. But that's that's Main a Street. form of like public shaming in a way. But what if you're not guilty? I don't know. That's weird. But anyway, well, continue. they were guilty. But right. I, <laughs> <laughs> that never came up, unfortunately. So, yeah. So we. We were at a house, I think we were living in Joshua at the time, and uh, we, m- my dad and his boss, which weirdly enough would soon become my stepdad um, later on. Okay. That's peg, put a peg in that. We'll, yep, we'll, we'll, get we'll to pin it that later. for later. Sure, sure, uh, sure. Um, we got raided because the, the cops t- were tipped off. That uh, th- they were running an underground gambling uh, sports book in our living room, which they were. Um, so it was football Sunday. Uh, God, I can't remember the the teams that were playing, but it was huge. It was a big, big playoff game, and there were raids that were happening ki- all over the state. Like it was like this huge. Interesting. Like so this is like part of a big. Sweep. It was a part of a a statewide crackdown. Wow. Statewide crackdown. And uh, my dad and his boss, Richard, were two of, like, the biggest bookies in in the game. And so... Of part of the whole overall thing. Overall thing. Wow. Yes. Um, So there's a knock at the door at, you know, 1030 in the morning claiming to be the church. And so it's like, uh, would you accept Jesus into your life? And, have, and my mom Why would like, they think anybody would answer the door for that, well, by the way? Well, it's Texas, and oh, it's okay. a Sunday. All so, right. and my mom, not being, you know, we're not religious. She's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> As I said. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and then they kicked the door in. And then they kicked the door in. Because they heard, they heard a voice. When she well, they knocked once, and my mom said, not interested, get out of here. <laughs> they knocked again. Which then my dad and Richard knew. knew immediately, ran. I mean, they had everything on rice paper, and they they had a, started shoving it down the toilet, flushing. Whoa, whoa, whoa! All Hold evidence. on a second. What do you mean they had everything on rice paper written because down. they knew all their numbers were written down? So on they rice had on it. So there was a specific way you did it if you needed to destroy property. Is that what you're saying when you said they had it written on a certain way? Like they had a plan. Like the idea yes, would be to never leave a paper trail if possible. Like everything should be up in your head if it can be. But it, yes, if you have to write down bets, you want to do it on paper and that's it easily rice disposable. Rice paper, like is it? Uh, Water is that what, oh, just dissolves. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. So all their bets were taken on rice paper, and as soon as that second knock came. They were like, oh, fuck, and started just <laughs> destroying all evidence, getting rid of, you know, any kind. There was enough in, I mean, they had like a red phone in their office, which and it would wasn't be. To call you, mean Batman. A, you mean a special phone? And it wasn't a to special, call Batman. And it was red. I mean, it was. It, they didn't even try to hide the fact that it was a special phone. No. I mean. <laughs> Do you, what, where, like, oh, don't touch. Is that, now, you knew that because they probably told you never to answer that phone. Were you specifically instructed to never be a... I wasn't alive you two, at this point. Oh, you weren't. My okay. brother okay. was. He was third, t- 12 or 13. Oh, wow. And so, and so when the cops 
came and you know barreled the door down. Guns drawn. Oh yeah. Can I ask you a question? Like why? So that's what's interesting to me. Like what's the di- why? Why guns drawn? They weren't they weren't seen as violent. No, but that's not criminals the, because when you corner somebody, you have no idea if you're police and you're going into a house like that. If you're kicking the door down, you can't just go bink. Hi, we're here. Yeah, fair like enough. you got to have your gun out because otherwise. Yeah, you don't know but what the, the crazy thing happen. is. My brother was, he was expecting a friend over, so he came kind of back to the door, and the cop pointed a gun right at my 12-year-old brother, which then flipped my mom out. She goes, shoves the cop. I mean, she's like, don't you ever. My mom's the most badass woman you'll ever meet. Uh, Kindergarten teacher. I'm afraid of her. Yeah, I'm going to say, those kids don't don't fucking get to goof around a lot, I bet. (laughs) But it was a, I mean, Richard, my dad's boss, ended up getting punched in the nose because um, they found him in the bathroom. Shoving <laughs> <laughs> shit down to the toilet. Or in his nose, and toilet. they broke the nose to make sure no more could go up there. But it's, yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy because the cop that went after them, his name is Bob Alford. I love it. Uh, of course it is. Was the sh- but he had it out for Richard. So it, it is such like a small town. Yeah, because mentality. they probably went to high school together. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I have, I'm like, my brain is like, oh, I wonder if he loved, he was in love with Richard's wife. And there's this whole thing because it became this, you know, decade long battle of Bob Alford trying the to, vendetta. to crack down on Richard and my dad. And, and you had a real Dukes they, of Hazard thing going on yeah, here. Yeah, like. so there there were many arrests. But after that raid, specifically, then my mom had to call her parents and say, like, okay, Ma, I'm going to be on the front page of the Burleson Star. Uh, oh, God. What well, did you win, honey? No. I didn't win anything. It's not a cashier's check. And my grandmother, who is the biggest Baptist you will ever meet, has never had a sip of alcohol uh, does not dance, like very straight, anti fun, just anti fun, just <clears throat> kind of the worst. I mean, she's well, I'm sorry, just I don't know your grandmother, but like when I hear that, like not dancing is part of our religion, it's like, what kind of fucking who would want to be involved in that? Exactly, like, no singing, no dancing, no music. Um, no, yeah, I say no thank you, yeah, and so. So then, my, my, and my mom, who is married to a bookie. Uh, <laughs> How did your grandma like all that? Oh, Some goddamn footloose here yeah. going. <laughs> Just doing some your grandma's John Lithgow. <laughs> uh, so it made the front page of the newspaper, and they published our address. And the raid happened at blah, blah, blah. And my dad turned to my mom, and he was like, we have to go. Uh, pack, pack. Pack your bags. We got to get out of here. And I'm assuming part of that is because the people that they do business with don't know where you live. It's just it's all no, done it's through all phone calls it's and phone yeah. calls and and drop offs or meeting other places. Which, funnily enough, my my mom was a gopher for a while. Like so, she, she knew it was one. up. Oh, she ha- yeah. She Can I ask you a question? It. How did they? I'm assuming. Unless your dad was always a bookie, would, would how did this even evolve? How, how does one? Did he did he start out like with this other guy Richard? Were they doing something else together, like a legitimate business, and then they just decided, or was he always a gambler, and they just took it to the next level? It started, well, I, they did a lot together. They 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 became friends early on. My Richard, who would my stepdad Richard, um, owned a funeral home for a while. But at and that time, just straight up, that's just what he did. 
Like he was not a bookie at that time, as far as you he, know. He was he was not. Oh, okay. At, but a, a pin in a funny story about the funeral home. <laughs> uh, so he, I mean, he was like he went to Burleson to really change the town. It was this really tiny, tiny town, and and he thought he could really put make his mark. And and as a funeral guy, he was all about community and, and wanting to bring people together. And he had this fascination with death and how hard it was for people to get through and since he was a child and so he really thought that he, he was could, helping he was helping people by in their greatest time of need yeah, that's um, noble which is very noble but then the businessman he was wanted to have a monopoly on the industry so he owned a funeral home and a flower shop and then he drove the ambulance drove the ambulance and the hearse and he made caskets and he like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean yes. the, the, one one that is a business that and not to sound morbid or anything but that's a business that's not going away meaning no, like even no matter die. what happens with technology people are going to need to dispose of dead bodies and that's just fact yeah <laughs> so and so there was a 10-year age difference between Richard and my dad. And so Richard sort of took my dad under his wing. and At the funeral home? At the funeral home. They drove the ambulance together. They've, they picked up some, some gnarly, gnarly bodies. One man who uh, walked into a propeller. Ooh. Well, so Jones. what was left? Just, just the, just the just bottom pieces. half of yeah. the body. Just pieces that they so they also did crime scene cleanup. It they sounds did a like crime scene cleanup. That is gnarly. And so they met there, and then they were both uh, golf players. Oh, they were both there it really, is. really good at golf. So we, then we met sports. cleaning up dead bodies. Feel like I've known them my whole life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you so bond it, pretty quick over that kind of stuff, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and then golf. Then there were bets on sports, and and then they. So my dad's game was blackjack, and Richard was craps, and so they would go to Vegas. All right, so uh, they already those liked also those oh, gambling I mean, just on the side as it was. That's pro- yeah. probably how they they made most of their money. With the, with craps and blackjack, especially those, if you know what you're doing, those are the best. Those are really the only ways to win a lot of money in yeah, Vegas. Yes, and they made <coughs> a a lot of money. Interesting. Uh, wow. So they would gamble. They would go to, they were both high rollers in Vegas. We would go to the Dominican Republic to gamble. Wow. Um, t- my my dad won a bunch of money in, I believe it was the Dominican. And you were, you went with you said I I did not. You it was not just go. him okay. him okay. and my mom. Uh, no no children and he just really cleaned up good. Uh, and he didn't want to pay taxes on his cash coming through customs and so my mom kindergarten teacher mother was like well I'll just shove it in my pantyhose and then we'll, I'll, I'll we'll go across so we don't have to pay taxes twice because you I mean they you have to claim it and then yeah but th- but he, he made a quite a bit that they <laughs> did not want to and I don't know the specific tens of thousands of dollars and so my mom proceeds to shove stacks <laughs> of $100 bills 
in her pantyhose. Because this is back smuggle. when they barely. No, I mean. Th- not the way they do now. There's yeah. no shakedowns the way they are now. No, with the body it was, scans a total, and it was the, in the 80s. It was like a totally different world. Yeah, a woman in a long dress. Yeah. Yeah, Moving on. You Let's let go. her through. But she was saying <clears> as she was walking through, she could feel it start to slip. Of course, yeah. And they're like beads of sweat. But, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> was she was she a kindergarten teacher at that point? Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus, that makes me wonder what my kindergarten teacher was up to. <laughs> yeah, like, well, let me tell so, you. She's just a regular lady. Hey, or br- is she a meth maker? <laughs> Who knows? Breaking news to all former parents and future parents. Guess what? They're human beings and have other lives. So yeah. whatever you see them doing in their classroom, yeah. you don't live in that's the class? just there. Yeah, exactly. You live in the back, right? You have a cot? That's please. why I always love it when kids see a teacher outside of school. They're like, what's going on? It's like it's like a movie star coming out of a television or a film screen Dude. and being in front of them going, yeah. nothing makes sense. I why will, are you at the grocery store? I, would, I will never forget. <laughs> I was 15 years old. I was... Uh, working at Frank's Finer Foods, this grocery store in, in uh, Warrenville, and uh, on a Sunday morning, I was hungover as shit. Uh, walking Wait, in, a, in kindergarten? No, I was 15. Oh, okay, I was right. 15. I'm, okay, I'm, good. Great. Still, I, I don't know what you want from me. It's a small town. <laughs> There's not a lot to do. I worked and I drank. I don't know what you want. I don't want anything from you. But I turned the corner, and I saw my gym teacher from middle school looked like he'd been run over by a beer truck. Oh, looking, And he was buying... He had one package of hot dogs, and he was buying something else off his shelf. And I go, Mr. Northrop? <laughs> he was like, he goes, he looked at me like, dude, like, he was like, like it was just like, I'm sure I've looked at people after like 40 <laughs> beer nights, you know? I was just like, okay. And then we just both went, but I was like, that is the weirdest. Seeing your teacher's... <laughs> Out of context is just strange. You know? uh, he's is. probably like, oh, Christ. He probably didn't even remember me. <laughs> like, no, but just for you? that one moment, he's like, not now, kid. Yeah, not come on, kid. Now. Leave me alone. No. Well, my mom had to get a job. We were living in Burleson, but she had to get a teaching job in Arlington, which is a couple towns over. Uh, because she, I mean, she tried to open her own school, which was her dream. But because we were always in the papers and everyone knew what my dad did, they're like, I'm not sending my kid yeah. to, to Bookie you. Sandy Russell School. But, but I love the fact criminal. that I love the fact that your mom just moved two newspapers over where there was no news cycle over there so she could live a completely different life. Is that basically what she did? Arlington, so you didn't live that far from that's that's Arlington's right. where the Rangers where the yeah. Rangers play, right? But also, and Texas that's f- forgive me, but I mean, how, were, are you relatively? How close were you to like? Oh, is Dallas the closest Dallas. main city to you? Yes, okay. Dallas is about forty-five minutes from Arlington. So a, you were about a little an hour. Over an hour. Oh, so you were a little over an hour away from from Dallas. Yes. Okay. How far away Got was it. Houston? No, but uh, I'm just saying, as far cares? as yeah, <laughs> yeah no not, one. Far uh, not far enough away. Um, yeah, so your mom like basically just was like, I, if I go here, no one's gonna know about what's going on by me. Is that was the? It the was a private school, which that did no background checks. That that my my grandmother had a connection to the woman that ran the preschool, the okay. kindergarten. An and I think academy. a phone call was made saying like, "Hey, do can you do my daughter a solid and and give her a, a teaching job." That is and how so you get around did. background checks, and by so the way. Then, yeah. So then that's how, and that's ended up being where I went to school from when I was three to my senior year because being in a private school, it doesn't matter where you live, you can go to the same school. And my brother, because we moved so often, he was having to change schools 
all the time, and he also got bullied a lot because... He was a new kid all the time. Well, he was a new kid, and my his stepdad, his dad, was in the papers for being a, a, a bookie. And who, so who probably, the people who were bullying him, their parents probably placed bets yeah. with your dad. Yeah, probably. And then were probably like, some either of that. lost it's money or yes. complained about him. or yeah. But his best friend, his dad, was in the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Which made for I some can't, very This is like half Donnie like Brasco, half blow, <laughs> half like, uh, I'm trying to think of a movie. The Sting? I yeah. don't know. What's a movie with gambling? There's a lot of halves <laughs> in that. But, but. Uh, the one thing that I'm I'm trying to figure out here, though, is is this whole story that you're telling starts before you were even born. Yes. But it continues after that. And so I guess my question is, and maybe you're just They learned say, nothing from the raid. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> once a bookie, always a bookie. But my point is like. How come they never just stopped? I mean, uh, did they did they actually ever either one of them like the action ever do time, or do they just pay fines, or do they just take the shit from them and go, "Don't do that again"? I'm trying to figure out like how this just how this kept keeps going. Why? Yeah. Well, the, it kept going <laughs> for a couple reasons. One, they never had enough evidence to really pin them down, and for them to serve time, the they got arrested. Bookies. They always, I mean, always out on bail. But then they just started to, they upped the game and they were like, okay, well, how, how can we find a loophole in the system? So they were never, in f- obviously, but they were never in fear of anything. They, they were so, no. ar- it sounds like they were so arrogant that they looked at it like, we, this is a game to us. I don't, another, yeah. another level of a game of like, I'm going to outdo you. Yes, if I, I know would, what you're trying to do, and I'm going to see if I can if I can stay ahead of you. I would say there's probably maybe some arrogance, but I wouldn't say it's that arrogant. It's there's also like there are people who you got you got to be pretty arrogant to want to right. Well, I mean, you, I, at some point, I, think I, I mean, no disrespect to your family, but there no. are people like I have a very good friend who has never wanted to work inside the laws of the United States. Meaning, like he has always since I have known him. Well, not since I've known him, but as he got older. <clears throat> you know, dealt weed, and work, and now he's got a lucrative job at a grow house in Seattle. Like, he's warehouses full of plants just growing, you know what I mean? But this was, he never, he always had money, but it was always from doing something a little bit shady. And he just never wanted to have a regular job or live a regular kind of lo- life within the confines of what he was told the law was. And some people just don't give a shit. I mean, what, 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 do you know what their take was? Like, why, did you ever find out from them why they just never really just stopped? Well, th- I mean, they didn't want to. And they honestly felt like they weren't doing anything wrong. Yeah. Like, to this okay. day, my <clears throat> mom will say, like, wh- I don't see what the big deal was. I mean, w- w- now that we all play fantasy football, I agree with them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree with it, too, though. But because this was, I mean, this took place, it started in the late 70s and went all the way up into the... 2000s I, I well mid, late 90s was okay. when their big heyday was but but uh, okay so about 20 plus years though yeah easy and they just they never saw it as a real crime they weren't hurting anybody i mean they weren't it's so like a were, weed dealer you're not really doing anything wrong you're no but, yeah. but but, but if you look at it from the other side of the law and this is the thing about it this is what people don't understand it's like if you're a sworn law enforcement person right whether it's fbi or or da or just a police officer there are laws in the book and your job there aren't there's, and, and there's technically not supposed to be any gray area so it's either illegal 
mm-hmm. or it's not illegal. It doesn't matter what you think right. or what you believe. It either is against the law or it's not, and it must be dealt with accordingly, right? But, but there, so it's there, like, so there lies the problem. Well, what I'm saying, but it's like, so if you're on that side of the law, it's pretty easy. You just go, well, there's nothing I can do about it. This is what the law says. If you're on the other side, you're going, well, that law is ridiculous, and no one is getting hurt. And so as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't really apply to me. Like, I can understand why there's way more w- wiggle room on the side where you're not sworn but also, to, like, to me, I, th- that, that like, I'm just following orders. I'm just doing what the law tells me to do. That's, like, but that's, that's your job. But yeah, that's but your that's job. that's also, like, real Nazi Germany shit. It's just like... Okay, first off, <laughs> I, think, I think you've taken it a little bit too far. But, but if you're sworn to uphold like, the law It's like the person... Okay, the let, land, let's take it down even the polar opposite. A person working at, like, this is a Doug Stanhope bit, but a person working at Subway, Doug goes in at, like... 11.05, and he asks for an egg sandwich, and the guy goes, sorry, man, the eggs are away. And Doug's like, away? They're in that fucking thing right there. I can see them. It's, they're microwaved eggs. You just put them in the microwave. There's no one else in line. There's no one else here. It's just me and this guy, and this guy won't pull the eggs out because it's one minute after 11 or whatever, and the rules are... That's the rule, not the law. You're talking about totally different things. Um, yeah, but the law, laws are rules. To an extent. To an extent. What is the law if it's not a rule? The point is... These guys didn't give a shit, and they didn't, and it, they didn't give a shit because, as far as they were concerned, it makes sense. Now, when you say it, it's like I understand the simplification of it, which is not really hurting anybody. Yep. But they also were very, very smart because they did a ton of research, and they were like, "Okay, well, we don't want to break any laws, oh, so how wait. do we go about this in a way that when we can they do, still when they do bust us. do everything <laughs> yeah. we want to do." And fall outside of any law breaking. Hmm. So then they decided, and this was when computers were starting to be starting to the be thing. A, the the thing. Un- so that's wild west shit. That's uncharted. Computers it's or uncharted. the interwebs. The the interwebs. The interwebs. Okay. A little of both. Both. Okay. Um, and s- and so their whole philosophy was no one owns these airwaves up in space. Yep. So what if all of our bets were placed through these? Jesus Christ, did your parents invent internet gambling? They legalized offshore gambling, yes. <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> so, so they came up with a computer program uh, that, and then they took it to Dominican Republic, Jamaica, and Costa Rica, and trained bookies over there. So my <laughs> dad was... like a Bob Ross painting <laughs> class where he's getting instructors, but they all gather around to figure out how to place internet bets. But listen, they were creating <clears throat> jobs in these areas. I mean... and Jobs, and were, not mobs. Jobs, not mobs. And they, were, they weren't doing anything wrong. And so all the bets... You could call the red phone that was still in our house, <laughs> but it would only give you the lines. It would only give you information. There is nothing illegal about calling a number <laughs> and, and having it give you, well, you know, the Bills and the Giants line, it, wh- whatever. Right. But then if you wanted to place a bet, you had to call another number or go online, and then that bet would get placed through a bookie in the Dominican or Costa Rica or Jamaica. So you're not really placing your bets in the United States. You are States. not placing your bets in the United States which is a total loophole. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, this went on for... At this point, the FBI is involved and is really trying to 
crack down and they get taken to uh, federal court. Was there wiretaps? Was there stuff like going on that? Oh, God. One can only imagine, probably. Yeah. Was there some guy in a van listening to you and your 13 year old friends talk on the phone? Well, you would figure "Uh." that if. What if they're they're if they're using phones and they're using the internet that they're probably trying to find ways to tap into that stuff to see what's going on, right? Which, by the way, I always thought that offshore betting literally was people on boats, like just off the shore. Oh my God, we're going out. You're going going offshore betting. You get to go roll your boat out there, make a a Mississippi River boat. You're like, I'm offshore gambling. Everyone's like, Oh, this guy's a real fucking idiot. (laughs) What a loser. (laughs) Well, we'll take all his money. Listen, it took me a long time to even see what cocaine looked like. I'm not. I'm not. I've never. I didn't watch one episode of Miami Vice in the eighties. Um, uh, so in yeah, so 1998, which they were taken to court and they were proved to have done nothing wrong. So it was offshore gambling. I mean, it was a worldwide thing. Offshore gambling was is deemed massive. Legal and, yeah, and it all came from these two dudes in Burleson, Texas. Yep. I mean. They weren't. They're not famous. I mean, if I if I say their names, everyone's like, "Who?" What? Yeah. There's there's no there's no monuments uh, made no. made in, in in the name of the offshore the guy in a boat, a little bit offshore, <laughs> That's a, with a full deck of cards. Like what? <laughs> but I mean, they were known in Vegas, but uh, but not in in the huge gam- gambling world outside of. Of Burleson. So I mean, you, the known in Vegas crazy. thing. So no, no mob stuff ever cross paths, uh, or that, or so it's kind of hard to be involved in hard. gambling in Vegas. Well, you, but I'm saying, yeah. but that to me that would be. I mean, again, this is the Hollywood narrative, but that would be the scary part of like <laughs> if things don't go right. You know, you hear about people disappearing and stuff like that. Was that ever a genuine fear desert. within your household, or not really? M- my mom had. She had fears of, I mean, she was raising two kids. She was a kindergarten teacher, and and they would work out of the house. And it was always scary for her to know that, like, at any moment, in a blink of an eye. The door could get kicked open. The door could get kicked open, and everything could vanish. I mean, well, we, I mean we've had, we had to move because my... My dad had lost so, so much money off of one bad uh, bet that one guy did not pay, and it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. And if one guy doesn't come through, all of a sudden, everything that you've worked for is gone in the blink of an eye. Which is why you then get a guy to go around and collect the money. But how do you you vet somebody that never has the hundreds of thousands of dollars? Or are they putting in so many bets at that point because they're psychotic that they never would able to... You know what I mean? Like, that's that thing. It's like, because it sounds like your dad puts himself at risk based on the people that they're doing the deals with. Is that what you... And that happened at a time when he had sort of broken off from Richard, and he went into business on his own, thinking, Uh-oh. like, I, I know this now. I got it. I got it. Was there a, was it uh, uh, amicable, or was yes. it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it was just my dad was really wanting to do it for himself sure. and, and own that space and provide for his family on his own and not have Richard sort of. But as soon as Richard left, I, be- I believe the muscle came from Richard's side because Richard never had any any bets people paid 
<laughs> is always taken care of on Richard's side. But it's okay. so nuts because my mom, I mean, my, oh God, this is just insane. But this is so, insane. You are so correct. So much. And I didn't know any of this. As Just a kid. kid. Like, doot, 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 I, yeah. Let's go play in the and yard. To this day, my brother and I will tell you that we had completely normal childhoods. Because my mom did such a good job. She protected of you from it. created this normalcy within. I mean, we. she was at every volleyball game, right. track meet, or tennis tournament. Maintaining we, appearances. Yeah. I, and she. And that's probably I what she no wanted for you guys. She wanted you to have a normal childhood. Yeah. But. So you guys weren't running numbers your whole life. Growing and weren't around. running numbers. My brother was a little bit more involved. Oh, this um, is like a real life Ozark. Do you know that? This is like, <laughs> where I, I feel like we're getting into some Ozark territory. Nobody's doing it anymore, though. <clears throat> no, both, both my dad and stepdad are passed away. Oh, oh but, but is that why they stopped or did they get out before they That's why they pat? stopped. No, 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 no I'm saying did they, <laughs> but no, I'm saying it's like I'm just like did did they stop previous to or no. or no, so they did never it? stopped. Never okay. stopped. My dad So had that was to their stop. that was their income. Oh yeah. So the, the all that other stuff so the, the 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 funeral homes all that stuff eventually they get rid of all that stuff. They didn't keep all those businesses? My stepdad kept the funeral home he for did. for quite a bit and then he he finally sold it. Um but and solely funny went story to offshore gambling. About okay. The the funeral home was that there was a room above, like a little, just second story of the funeral home, that he used to play a cash poker game with Doyle Brunson. <laughs> Do you know Doyle the Brunson? The poker, the yeah. world famous world champion <laughs> yes. poker guy. Yes, and he's from Texas, and so he would just meet Richard at the funeral home, and they'd play. For big cash up on the second floor of a funeral of home. A funeral sure, home. why not? Yeah. Why not? That's now, what you do. That's when, what you do. <laughs> when, did, when did your father pass away? My dad died in 97, so a year before they went to trial. So he never got to see, this is very sad, but he never got to see the fruits of their labor. Oh. So he, he passed away just months before it was deemed legal. Um, and we just can't, was he sick? Was cancer? Oh, uh, yeah. Smoker? Was a smoker, lung cancer, brain tumor. Uh, and then, so so who followed through on everything? Then your mom and Richard. Then, yes. So then Richard was. I mean, he, he was always in our our life. Um, and. About a a year after my dad died, um, my mom and and Richard got together. Well, you know, well at small least it town. Wasn't it's a small town, small. and it I, everyone's like that's so weird, and I guess it is. Well, but it didn't like I if if my dad could have handpicked anybody in the entire universe to help raise me and my brother and take care of my mom. It would be Richard. Right. So my, my thought was at first when you said that, like when you first mentioned it, I was curious if your mom and Richard got together while your dad was still alive or if that was something that was Never. Like, okay. Never, ever. So then that and is, I think her. that's... I've been like, what was... Oh, you're was digging there? deep. You're like, hold on a second. Yeah. Tell the truth, ma. Yeah. Yeah. But, but no. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like that. It, it was purely... Friendship, until it it wasn't. Yeah. But then, but my, so my mom wrote a character witness for Richard for the tri trial, 
uh, and sat front row. And then they got married, oh gosh, 2000. And at that point, Richard was still taking bets and all the way up until he died um, in 2007. And as his condition was getting worse and worse, he tried to teach my mom the system. Like he was like, you'll be set for life. Let me teach you how to run the computers. It's so easy. You just, it's really just putting in numbers and taking bets and, and then knowing. And she was like, no, 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 I don't want any part of that. I'm like, mom, what, what were you thinking? What do you mean? Well, like, I suppose I it makes. I would have wanted to learn. Oh, really? Oh my God. Are you kidding me? But I was, I was in high school at the time and at that point still was not fully aware of the scope of what my dad yeah. and stepdad had uh, it's done. Wor- it was worldwide then. It became worldwide. It's global. Yeah. I mean, I remember my friends in high school playing online poker having no idea that my dad... They're, they're, yeah, your dad made that possible. ...were responsible for having their money go on, you know... Get disappeared. Get <laughs> 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 yeah. I'll make your dollars vanish. Wow. Yeah, that's quite... And so it, and your mom is still alive. She's still around. Did, is she, she retired? She, she's retired now. How, when did she retire from teaching? Or did she... Had she had stopped teaching at some point during all of this? No, she... No, she taught pretty much the entire time through all of it. Wait, 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 the reason why I asked that is, I mean, were you guys making some pretty sweet cash? Meaning uh, that did she need to work or did she want that normalcy? Well, she, I th- a little of both. She wanted the independence and she wanted a career. Mm. But there was also a time where she had to go to work because, I mean, we had really high highs. Okay. And then we had really low lows. And, I mean, thank God she was a teacher because my dad died and then all of that income was just yes there's no 401ks gone. there's no, no there's nothing there's no retirement no. plans for bookies no. which is a real flaw in the yeah, system that, yeah come on everybody <laughs> um so that just completely went away and i mean we were dirt poor i mean we had medical bills out the wazoo we were eating Taco Bell every night. I mean, it was it was horrible. Uh, Did you? Oh, well, I mean, hor- not horrible. John, mean, John, John loves Taco <laughs> Bell. John let's really not say loves. horrible. Let's say no, I loved it. I mean, yeah. I was a kid. So of course, like, yeah. You're like, yay! This is great. Treat that again. <laughs> Your body was like, this is not healthy. No. <laughs> Captain Crunch for dinner again, Mom? Yeah. Oh, yay! The um. Did you live in great, like, big houses and then down into apartment complexes? Like, was it that extreme as well as far as, like, what life was, like, living for you as a kid? Just your your perspective of it. Uh, minus all the insanity on the outside, just for, as a kid, mm-hmm. did you see, like, did you also see the highs and lows from that standpoint as well? Yeah. I mean, w- we built a house from ground up, designed every, on this beautiful lot. I mean, it was great. That in both my parents thought that that would be the house that we would live in forever and ever and ever. We lived there a year and then had to move uh, to a much more modest house because the the money wasn't there. Uh, Which was kind of a good lesson for them was make maybe we stay in a modest house and we don't keep moving up and down. Yeah, but and and then we lived in an apartment at at one point. 
but my dad was, I mean, he would spend like six weeks at a time in the Dominican or Jamaica. Or training. And training. So he was gone a lot. And, and while they were doing that, there wasn't this huge amount of income flowing into our bank accounts because they were still like on the investment side of the business. And so, you know, we went from really nice top tier house and it kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And, and my dad was in the Dominican Republic at one point and my, and we, and again, we had to move because of finance, financial reasons. And so my mom bought a house without his consent in Cross Timbers, the one that was next to the Longhorn Pasture, for nothing. It was a total dump that she was going to flip and turn it into a home. Um, But he came home from the Dominican Republic and pulled up to this just... Dilapidated. Just (laughs) dirt hole. Just a shit bag. And he was like, what the fuck? fuck have you done she's like you wait you're gonna come home from your next trip and this place is gonna be all spiffed up and this is gonna be the best damn house we've lived in i have never seen my mother work so hard in her life so he <laughs> to went to prove a point he went back to the dominican i mean i was helping my brother we were painting and ripping <laughs> out carpet and putting I mean, everything I mean, and that and he came home and he was like okay <laughs> this is nice wow <laughs> You had to you had to live up to your mom's expectations uh, as to what she was uh, you know once she made the statement she's like all right and by the way yeah now you, you guys, guys gotta help this. me make this come true so yeah. while well, yeah. you stand back there filthy all loaded up like the grapes of wrath in this picture here <laughs> we're gonna fix this place up so just out of curiosity like it, it, all of that and then you go so I want to act. Yeah. Or no? Or did, was that? Or were you long, just? I want to get out of Texas. Um, I mean, where does where does it all? I mean, again, it, it, that, that's the Texas to New York to L.A. story. But it's just like that's tremendous, and it's just like where where does where does where do you develop in all of this other than the constant moving around and not really knowing what's going on thing? Hmm. I don't. The acting thing. I I was really really shy. And but and so th- these little school performances that would happen, all of a sudden I was not shy anymore. So you could do those. I could do those. You just were bad. No problem. Socializing I, was d- totally different. That was a different different thing. Yeah. Um, and this is was. I do you think it was a protective thing from moving place to place as well for you, or no? I had nothing to do with that. I'm not sure, mm. but I mean maybe a little, and then. Yeah, that there was a little bit of instability, but I know, I don't know if I necessarily. I mean, looking back, I, I think I, I think I felt it more than I was aware of the moving and mm-hmm. the. So maybe that had something to do with it, um, but I, I never really. It's after my dad died. My best friend, Alexandra Watson, she was taking this. Um, this acting class at CATS, Creative Arts Theater School in Fort Worth. And I was hanging out with her a lot. Her her mom would have to take me to their house because my mom was having to work extra hours to make up for there's no more gambling money coming right. in. Um, and so just by chance, I ended up going to this 
little acting class with Alexandra, and I loved it. I mean, and right away, right away, you're like, "This is awesome." Yeah, I just felt I felt totally at ease. And so my first role ever, I played a male cab driver. Of course, yeah, because what else? I mean, I, I yeah. feel like typecasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've been typecasting. But they t- and I had long. I still had. I still have long hair, but so they tucked all my hair up into this cap. But then I was like, I need lipstick because that's what actors wear. So I was this male <laughs> cab driver <laughs> With wearing lipstick on. bright red <laughs> lipstick. But I remember my family just being like, "Oh my god." so shocked that I was able to get up and and perform in front of all knowing these you strangers, being shy knowing that I was just this painfully shy kid. And then I, so I did it, and then I, and I was always doing plays, you know, in school and stuff, but I never, I never thought about it that much. I was an athlete. I played volleyball for like 10 years. I was really into sports. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not in Texas. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Surprised you didn't play football. <laughs> yeah. She was so the I kicker. I was forced to yeah. play football. And the running back. <laughs> and the quarterback. My dad was on the sidelines taking bets. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure. Um and and then I was I was in high school and and then it's all started to feel very real. Like the the productions of course high school theater takes itself very, very seriously. It is a very, very serious <laughs> thing. Theatra. Um and I, w- I was totally one of those kids that was, a, I was obsessed. I was like, this is, it. everything felt right. I can't describe it, but. But obsessed I, in a way of like, you saw the end game of like, it's not stopping here for me. Like, this is my calling kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it was or not until like my junior year of high school that I was like, oh. And, and my drama teacher at that time was like, y- you know, you could do this for a living. You could go to school and Who says that? This. I've never heard that. Well, Anything. It, was, it was weird, especially in Texas. I mean, going into the arts was n- was not a thing. Yeah. No one in my family has ever gone into the arts for anything. Um, but I I remember playing volleyball, and I played for years. The nerves I would get before a game, I hated. I hate. I felt so nervous about the people watching me. I felt this like complete anxiety, and I was good at it. Shocking, because I'm five three and should not be. I was going to say you don't like. I I was not to judge you based on your height, but I would have never gone. Oh, she played volleyball in high school. No, I was like this tiny little thing, just running around the court, (laughs) barely could like get over the net. But I was the setter, and I was team captain, and which again, five three team captain of a volleyball team, it just doesn't make sense. Well, (laughs) there must be something there. I mean, you must have had some sort of leadership quality or. Something that other the other people on the team were like. Okay, you were good at bumping and setting. Yeah, I was. I was a good bumper and setter. You, okay, you probably led by some sort of example that the coach was thought enough to make you captain. And yeah, and I liked being a part of a team. I liked gathering with these girls and and competing and really and the communication it took on the court. But the nerves I felt before a game, I I, I hated. And then I got into theater. And I would have nerves, but I, I completely embraced it. Like I was like, these feel like the right kind of nerves. These feel like the nerves that, I'm like, this is how I'm gonna make my mark on the world. Like that, it felt like th- I was a part of something so much bigger, and that's why I felt nervous. Which, which was positive nervous. Which a, it was a positive 
nervous energy that I could then fuel into something that was bigger than myself. And then that's when it all sort of clicked. And then my drama teacher always also said to me, he was like, what, like, are you going to be a professional volleyball player when you grow up? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, mm, fair enough, fair enough. So they do exist though. They do. But I Huntington Beach. I was going to say, part. you got to, you're so close. You're so close at this point. <laughs> you're so close. I honestly We're think physically so. I think close. I yeah. think I would suggest acting to anybody over volleyball. As uh, to yeah. to I mean, but did you ever do like gladiator monologues to get your team going? Like, would you do? Would you use like speeches from great movies to get your team amped as team captain, and practice your acting skills? Everything with them to was get them? Denzel and <laughs> we are the Spartans or whatever. Is that what it is? Um, no, but so all right. So you start doing that, but again, like you said, so here you are in Texas, and you're thinking, okay. People are encouraging me. They're saying, thing, I can do this. I feel like I can do this. You have to make, you, at some point, your three, it's always, it, wherever you're from, there's always the choices. You either go to the big city of the state that you're in, right? Yes. What does that have to offer? And then there's like, all right, well, there's only pretty much two other places you go, right? You go to New York or you go to Los Angeles. Did you, uh, how did you, did you, go to, did you go to college down in Texas as well? Or is that how, like, what, what, when you decided this was what it was going to be and it wasn't going to be volleyball? What happens? Then I just then I started to apply to just the, all the major acting schools around the country, and f- really focused on on New York. And I I got into an acting conservatory there, American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and they gave me a scholarship. Oh, that's what I was going to ask is it's expensive, right? So then the next thing it, is, but it wasn't because I also got into TCU, which was in Fort Worth, Texas Christian university. And they gave me a, a bigger scholarship and were sort of like really trying to pull me there. And they're wonderful people over there, but I, I didn't want to stay in t- TCU at my high school, we used to call it 13th grade. Because <laughs> I was just, and, and so many of my friends went there. Yeah. And I just, w- I wasn't interested in staying. And I, I ended up going to TCU for a semester because I had to come home because my stepdad was sick. And so I was, but that's a, a whole other long story. Um, so I, I just thought New York, I, L.A. was not on my radar at all. I wanted to do theater. Theater, like, yeah, I that's, and I that's what it is. Yeah. You wanted, you were taking, you, you took it very seriously. Yes, there was a very uh, work on the craft. Oh yeah, and then I turned my those. nose up at like film and television actors. Like, please. Yeah, why make money when you could be in the theater? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and and but I didn't. I knew nothing about New York. I mean, uh, the first time never been there. No, the first time I went was to visit the school that I was going to go to. So, like fingers crossed, I like it because I don't yeah, know what. Fingers I crossed, a homeless guy doesn't pee on your leg while you're waiting for a bus and turn you off to the whole experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, as soon as I got there, I was like, no, this is home forever. Interesting. Um, so you you took to it immediately. There was no like, okay, like subways and I don't know. no, no. You loved it. I. I loved it, and I I moved it at 18. I, like, I graduated, and then 
maybe two months later, I was on a train. <laughs> I yeah. took a train. From Texas to New York? From oh, that's cool. From Texas to New York because my So six weeks later. Six <laughs> yeah. And I just moved into my apartment yeah. yesterday. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, my stepdad wanted to be a part of the journey of moving me to New York. And he had emphysema and couldn't fly. And so we packed up all of my belongings into these trunks and we put it on a train and we took the train up. You have to take it to Chicago and then from Chicago over to New York. So two, a little over two days later. Was there any like arrived. murder mysteries on the train while you were on there? Did you guys have to solve any crimes? Yeah, she roomed with Agatha Christie. <laughs> yeah. <then. laughs> God, I wish. <laughs> uh, um, Dramatic. And, and at that point, my dorm room was at the New Yorker Hotel Interesting. On, on 34th and 8th. So you get, we got off the train at Madison Square Garden. So then we, my mom and I walked to the New Yorker to get one of those like luggage wheelie things, wheeled it back to Madison Square Garden and put all of my <laughs> trunks onto, and then wheeled it down 8th Avenue, <laughs> which is 34th. Yeah. And I got And then had to go back, dorm. put your stepdad on that yeah, thing. Yeah, then and had to wheel him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. him. But I, I loved it. I I loved it. But the New York Hotel, also home of the Moonies. Uh, the I had a Mooney in my family. The cult. The cult yeah. lived on. They don't exist anymore, right now. I think. Mm. Is it still a thing? I, I hope not, because they are creepy motherfuckers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah my I, I've only my mom, uh, my my mom's stepdad, whatever. This, my grandpa that the that on, on her side that I knew. Um, Somebody in his family, he was like, ah, she became a fucking Mooney. Like, yeah. And I was like, what? Weird. And my dad was just like, ah, they're fruitcakes. Yeah, that was back when people used to try to like de- like, gre- like steal people back. Yeah, and, like, reprogram. Reprogram. Yeah, well, they lived on the same floor as where the dorm rooms were. Did they leave you alone? E- e- yes. Okay. Yeah. So there wasn't they constant were... recruitment or anything like that? No, because there was like a little communal kitchen. And so we'd have to share the kitchen with the Moonies. And they wear women's shoes, like women's house shoes. There was one that always was in like a, it was very bizarre. But this is like, what year is this? This is like 2000 something, right? 2005. Because they can't, the, the hotel could not kick them out because they owned it. <laughs> so. <laughs> they, like they had, they could. But wait, I thought the moon, like. So the owners can't kick the owners out yeah. because they owned it. When my grandpa was talking about this chick being in the moon, this was like from the. 70s yeah. and early 80s. That's so why I thought I it was gone. So, that's, so they aren't gone then. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, there you go. They, five, could, they yeah. could still be there. Well, because they had that so mass suicide where they all like threw themselves down an elevator shaft or something. In New York? I believe at the New Yorker Hotel. After you were gone. Oh, really? Or before, before, you, were, before, oh, before you got there. Well, the main guy died, not. right? Wasn't that what the big deal was? Like the main guy died. Steve Mooney? Yeah, Steve. Yeah, Eric Mooney. Eric Mooney Eric died. Eric Mooney was dead. <laughs> um, wait. This is uh, this is uh, the timeline is so weird for me because I really feel like the no they've been around forever. Uh, I they've mean, been around they forever, but I thought like, they were disappeared at that point. There weren't hundreds of them, but there were f- there were f- a few. And hanger- what's their deal? They what's with the, the shoes? No, the what's shoes. The, what's with the shoes? I I'm don't know. Good. It was just a like very tiny bizarre. shoes, like slippers. What, what, like what? really tiny, just tiny women's shoes. So they they walked around like Eddie Izzard, like tiny, like click 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 click. I never saw. They were always in. In pajamas, like I never saw this person in in 
you know, normal human shoes. Pajamas <laughs> and little shoes. You just, just tiny. So you cohabitated tiny with a cult. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. uh, and the, and did the school warn you about it in advance? Uh, nope. No. Nope. Okay. Of course. Cool. So why would they school? scare away students uh -huh. when they could get their money? Yeah, I get. Well, no. Well, she no. Do you didn't? Did you have to? So what did you? Like, New York is not a cheap place. This is two thousand five. It's already expensive. They cleaned up New York City at this point. Yeah, it's, there's it's nowhere like cheap to now. live in New yeah. York. So how did you get by? Well, when I was in school, I I was given. You know, my stepdad was still around, so I got a little bit of gambling. Oh, gamble cash. Got it. Got it. Um, but. They had no idea how expensive New York was. No, so I, Your you know, family. I was get yeah, yeah, no clue. But I mean, so did my you? little no, no, I had no yeah. idea either. <laughs> so my little allowance, I mean, God, it was it was tiny to get me through my monthly whatever, and I blew through the first few months I was living there, and I was so embarrassed and ashamed that I, I couldn't stretch my funds. So I survived off of oatmeal, and I had this tiny little George Foreman grill, and I would go to Dwayne Reed and buy a package of hot dogs. And so I would, I would just grill a hot dog on my George Foreman and eat oatmeal because it was super cheap. And then bagels. Bagels were like a buck. And that, I mean, that was... But then when my mom found out, she was like... <laughs> I think they came up to visit me, and they were like, how are you alive? Like, what? <laughs> She's reading the contents of the oatmeal. She's like, this will not sustain human life. For but I just didn't have it in me. I couldn't, I couldn't bear, because I knew the gift that I had been given. I mean, I was the only one in my family to ever leave Texas. And here I was in New York City studying the arts. I mean, like, what a... There's so few people get those kind of opportunities, and I was not going to call home and be like, "Mom, I need more money." Yeah. Like, but what I what I think is cool though is that your family supported it because I think a lot of times you'll hear a lot of these stories that when people leave their cities, their small towns, a lot of people are like, "What are you doing? Really? This is what yeah. you're gonna do? Are you sure you'll be back?" Like all the. All this, it's, they don't, I don't think they're intentionally being condescending, but there's a lot of like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. It's not intentional, but it's definitely in the back of their head going, well, I'm not going to leave. Why are you leaving? Yeah. And then it's like, well, you think you're better than me because you're leaving? But there's that, but I also understand where you're coming from of like, I, I, I got to go. Like, I, yeah. I can't go back. You know what I, I mean? Like, I, I got to nice that you saw that, that you understood that, that you were like, not just like whatever I want more money and that like there's there's like you you understood the the gravity of the, the situation gravity and your responsibility to succeed and all that kind of stuff being the first person to ever do and that and the fact yeah. that I love the fact that you got Moxie kid with that George Foreman grill I had a George <laughs> Foreman grill <laughs> I Foreman the fuck down. out of my life for about two three years I think everybody has to go everything. through a Foreman you do it really it creates a lot of character. <laughs> <laughs> And hot dogs. Yeah. But you know I, you've made it when you get rid of your George Foreman yeah, grill you and you no longer have to things. do your laundry at somebody else's place. Ooh. That's two things. Yeah, those are the two the, the two pillars of, yeah. of adulthood success. Throw <laughs> <laughs> my George Foreman. Foreman and I do my laundry at this laundromat down the street. <laughs> no, no, house. I do I the laundry at my place. Well, that's but everyone thought I was n a little nuts that I was all that I that I packed up all my shit and moved to New York at eighteen. You are, but I never. But I, that, no, you that have made, to I be. Mean, it's crazy, but you have to be a little crazy to do it. But but I never felt that 
from my mom and stepdad. Like they were just like, of course. Yeah. But it was because, and at that point, I still don't think I knew what my stepdad had done what in the gambling. Yeah. yeah, and what he had what he had accomplished. But because I I grew up in this household, it was like, well, well, yeah, yeah of course you do do what you want to do. Yeah. And the only thing holding your holding you back is yourself. And so, you know, fuck the haters and and drive. So, at what point did you start using your volleyball skills to make money on the side <laughs> as as an offshore I volleyball got a job gambler? As a bump set She's, spiker. No, she, and, uh, what is it like pool sharks? Were you a volleyball shark? Like you're like you guys, hey, she what are you guys doing over here? Are you guys playing some volleyball? Oh God, I you guys want to play a little 2 on 2? 100 bucks. Uh, oh, I can't seem to bump or set or spike. It's crazy. Do you guys want to you guys want to play Why for 100 bucks? Play again for $3,000. <laughs> like, See, that would have been a smart side hustle. That would have been a, instead of a until shark. someone broke your legs. <laughs> Which like. is how a pool shark, my stepdad, that's how he put himself through college. Hustling people, playing pool. Yeah. Listen, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So you go to, so so you go to acting Minnesota school. Minnesota Fats is your stepdad. Did you, <laughs> so you go to school, but here's the thing. So obviously, you know, and we'll, we'll get into this, because obviously now you, you, you have been working in some television, so it's it's like... You get out there and you're like, I'm gonna do the theater. Did you do the theater? Did at, at, at what point did? It, I'm assuming like the natural progression of anything once you start acting is people are like, oh, you know, you should get a commercial actor. Why not just pay some bills, mm-hmm. or whatever? Or you got? I mean, what was the process for you as far as fine? You're in school and you're doing that and you're living the struggle. But then there's the actual goal here, which is whether it's to be on Broadway, off Broadway, on television, in film. Like, how do you how do you connect the dots at that point? Ooh. Not well. <laughs> but I mean, is it, uh, was it all over the place? Was it the usual thing? It was it a lot of socializing. You end up meeting people. Something happens. That kind of thing. Uh, no, I. So I went to American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and then I went to another conservatory, okay. William Esper Studio, and that's where I ended up. I spent three years there, and after I graduated, they. What's tough about it? I, I think they offer. A, a program there now that teaches you like the business side of it but when I was there they did not I had no fucking idea what I was doing like I did not I didn't care about getting an agent I just wanted to work and I was naive enough to think that if you work really hard and you and you have talent that you'll that there is that you will climb the ladder there's a talent angel out there that finds you that with, will with glitter and yeah. glitter on you and <laughs> and so I I just I auditioned for off 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 Broadway things, but I was never afraid to say no, which is crazy. Anybody that's just coming out of school that's like I don't really like your script. I'm not yeah, going to do, do it. Like. But I had, I don't know why I didn't. I was like, well, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> like I, this, this is, stu- this is a stupid idea. <laughs> like, there are a lot of those. Yeah. You, you, you very, very quickly find out when you are working in television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just, I just searched out the things that excited me. And I, slowly just started to to work and this is theater this is mostly theater and then i 
then I got really involved with, and it's at this point I'm still like film. Oh God, I roll like. Well, I'm assuming because a lot of you know New York's got a lot of like independent filmmaking, so you get a lot of people saying, "Hey, I need somebody for this, but there's no money in it. You know, we'll pay you craft service, you know, yeah. whatever, right? That kind of stuff." Yes, and so I so I did a, a, a couple of those, and and I did I never I was like, "Why do people want to do this? This is just this is a bunch, a bunch of sitting around and waiting, and I, this doesn't <laughs> seem my fun part. to me." <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> the food sucks. Like, <laughs> uh, but then I got involved. I started to work a lot at the grad. Uh, schools at NYU and Columbia and I started to meet these up and coming filmmakers who and I and I got on their sets and I did one little short film that I, I then I saw the magic I was like oh this is when somebody I does it right you see yeah uh, well the idea and is fresh when it's original when people involved are worthwhile it's it can be great yeah and it was still to this day one of my my favorite shoots I've done and then I got it then I was like oh that's and it felt like that because what I liked about theater so much is that community and that that family and when a film is really working and television is the same way you do feel that sense of camaraderie where every single person and I think the crews are sometimes really small or sometimes enormous but when every single person is doing their job to make this vision come together. I mean, there's there's a magic behind that, and it's so, it's so exciting to be, as an actor, just that, you know, a tiny piece of that puzzle that comes in to make this thing that will last forever. How did you eventually make money out in New York? Uh, through acting, or th I... Did you, do other, did you do other jobs oh while you were out there? God, yeah. Oh, you did, okay, oh, all right. Yeah. So I didn't I know we... At Borders Books. Okay. R.I.P. Borders Books. Oh, I love that place. R.I.P. the best. That's right. They are completely gone now, completely right? Completely gone. Is Barnes & Noble the only one left? Ugh. As far as, like, you know, main know. chains. Yeah. I think that's it. Interesting. The Borders yeah. so Sunset is now a Walgreens. Oof. Yeah, so I worked at Borders when I was in school. You had to help people find books? Yes, I worked in the kids section. Oh. Yeah, so lots of spitty books that I had to put away. <laughs> Babies love to put books in their mouths. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> They're just like, oh, look at this book. Mouth. Mouth. <laughs> I don't want it anymore. Safe to okay. say you had a lot of colds. Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exposed to a lot of germs. <laughs> built up my immune system. Jess, yes. why is your nose always running? <laughs> yeah. uh, books. Oh, yeah. this chick's a cokehead. No, she works in the kids' yeah. section at the borders. Playing borders. <laughs> and then, then I was a, a nanny. Okay. For, ah. For years and years and years. I did that for like three days once. I'm not quite sure. When I first moved out here, who let I you nanny their kids? <laughs> no offense, but when you first moved out here, you were I've been PTA president twice. I've what? been PTA president twice. Yeah, that's is my, now, but back my, then. My one and only headshot hangs up at Camelot Kids over, uh, Preschool in Los Feliz. I want, I want you to know that I matter to children. I matter, okay? Mm -hmm. PTA president twice. I threw that out there earlier. <laughs> PTA president twice. Coach of the year. Passed the NFL flag. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Kids like me. Yeah, you're right, a regular so, Belichick. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, no, I did it for like three days, and I realized I shouldn't be doing it. So I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not saying I disagree with you, but I should. You know, I that, nanny. That's a tough gig, anyway. How it's long did you do that for? Uh, years. Oh. From, from same family. Do you want to have kids after doing stuff like that? I'm not sure about it. I. I mean, it's. And it's I mean a, that seriously, because no, you, I mean, that's it's, a, it's a gig. That's a real gig. 
it's a it's a really tough it's really rewarding i was with one family primarily i jumped around i nannied for a, a bunch and then i got hooked up with this wonderful family on the upper east side of manhattan so you can come you can make your own conclusions about <laughs> that uh and so I was with the kids from, it was a boy and a girl from when they were seven and 10 to when she was 13. Wow, the formative years. Oh, yeah. So you were, she, you were probably tight puberty. with her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You still talk to them? I do. Yeah. God, they must have been filthy rich. I mean that in they the nicest were. way when I say filthy rich, meaning that a lot of money. To live there, that's, that's a lot of money. And they never rich. took baths. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Was, but well, they were, well played. They were extremely generous, and I was one of, at one point, three babysitters that would help. So they had around-the-clock. They had around-the-clock around the yeah. care, but we were all actresses, and we were all, we worked through an agency called Broadway Babysitters. <laughs> <laughs> Not making this up. Did you have to... Broadway <laughs> Babysitters. <laughs> Did you guys all have to do jazz hands while you were... Yes, cooking dinner, just yeah. doing jazz hands. And <laughs> Everything was a song and dance number. Can yeah. I ask you a question about that world? Um, Nannies? Yeah, especially when you're at a level where people have so much money. Did both... Did they have that money because both parents worked? Or did they... Or is it... And, and, I mean, obviously, it's unique to your situation, but it sounds like you worked with other people, and I'm assuming from time to time you all probably talked about your experiences. Is it? Is it just a different social world where they're like, we want to have kids, but we want somebody else to do all the dirty work, and we just want to be there for the good moments, and then if we want out, we just want to check out and still like have a certain level of independence because we're wealthy, we can we can get away with this. Or am I just literally glossing over it and making it seem... No, there's a bit of that. Okay. Yeah. The, the dad worked and traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. He was a private investor, so he was like in Hong Kong and London and um, and then the, the mom did not have to work, but she volunteered at the Met. So she gave tours there. And I mean, it's a twofold thing. They, they needed help because their kids had like a thousand fucking activities. They were just in everything, in everything. Because they could, I mean, they, they could take piano and cello and swim and, Play baseball. Play baseball and, and yeah. whatever they wanted to do, they could do, which meant someone needed to take them there, which enter I. Yeah. Enter um, Broadway babysitter. Enter the Broadway <laughs> babysitter. Uh, but they also wanted the kids to have a friend. And because we were all young, I mean, like, we, we were kind of socializing them so they didn't so i didn't really so the, the, so it's you know like we in los angeles it's it's kind of the same way like where i grew up and obviously john had a midwestern growing up too like we had neighborhoods like you walked out the door and you played with your friends you had friends around you did the thing mm -hmm. right here in los angeles it's so spread out that yeah. you don't get to hang out with your friends unless your parents drive you to go hang out with your friends otherwise it's at school and then that's it yeah so in new york was that kind of a similar like big city thing where it's just like you it, it had to be organized gatherings is that why they didn't socialize as much or is it I just mean, they, I, I don't want to say they didn't they weren't homeschooled they didn't, right no they weren't okay. they went they went to an 
all girls school and an all boys school on the Upper East Side. Uh, What's with the separation had, thing? That I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. But uh, I mean, they had friends. I but I mean, a lot of times I would be babysitting, but there would be a parent there. Like I wasn't really needing. Oh, you were the other person. But I was just there to hang out. <laughs> Yeah, well, in case of an emergency, like, mom, dad doesn't want to have to deal with too much. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got a raise when the girl went through uh, puberty. <laughs> Literally, you got a puberty raise. They were like, we're going to need raise. you to give her the talk. And um, you, we'll didn't have to do all the, you didn't have to do the whole thing, did you? No, God, oh, okay. no. They did that, but, like, you know, th- th- she was a terror. I mean, and she'll be the first to admit it, but it was, I mean, doors slammed in faces, just like moody, just moody. 12, is that, is that a thing? Are, uh, forgive my ignorance. Is that just part of the, does that come with the territory yeah, always do, or not do, necessarily? What, the raise or just the moodiness? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the raise comes with the territory. <laughs> no, girls go through that, man. They, like, they hate their moms. Oh, they yeah. I mean, I was. fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. yeah I hated my mother. Yeah. I just was, I, I hated everybody. I just wanted to be left alone. What yeah, about the boy? Does the boy mom. just become just like uh, emo? Do boys he, go through a different type of mopey? Th- do, they go, do they just get mopey and shut out? Just shut down? Maybe. They get a little moody. Well, it's the growth spurts, too. Yeah. With boys. They get, they get just... Awkward quick. Awkward real like fast. Yeah. Goes, it goes from one day you're cute to the next day you're like, hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm a disfigured yeah. mutant. And yeah. I'm like, good <laughs> Only half my head grew this yeah, t- today. What the fuck is yeah. wrong with this guy? <laughs> my other half of the head will grow tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> Thank you for looking at me. <laughs> Bones. But it was a sweet gig. I got, I got, I got lucky. That's good. Cash. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always wonder about that. I'm like, that was a lot of cash under the table. No, nah, it's 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 a decade know, like, now. You're safe. You're safe. But like, yeah, if the IRS is listening, get, <laughs> were they trying to get rid of stuff? You know, like oh, were they, were they laundering money? Yeah, no, to launder money though, you need to need a return on it. You can't just give away money. Right. right. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I know. mean, you know, it isn't. It's an expense. It's a way to get rid of. Sometimes you have to expense stuff out. It's a write off. Yeah, it's we, a, we were their write-offs. You were the write-offs, yeah. <laughs> you were the Broadway baby Cash write-offs. write-offs. It always did feel like charity, that they were just like, I mean, their kids were so well-behaved, and we got to come to their fancy Upper East Side apartment, and we were these struggling actresses trying to make ends meet, and we were just like, just here, here, here. And we're like, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to put all this money in my foreman grill tonight. Yeah. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> okay. I'm go buy hot dogs. But, I mean, that's, look, that's, a lot of kids weren't having that going to school, you know, able to find such cushy jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, do you ever make money in in uh, off broad off off Broadway stuff, or is that you're just doing it for the love, and then everything else no, you got to no find another way? No one makes money okay. doing off off Broadway. So, when you did you actually start love. making money in the biz? Like, what was where did where did where did it where did everything I, change? I started to do um, indie films, you know, for scale. Mm-hmm. So still not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then I did I did an indie film called Girls Night that I made literally zero dollars. Like How can you I, I'm not saying it, I was non-union at the time, I wasn't SAG. And it was this and I just I just closed a 
a regional theater gig. And so I was back in the city, and it was my first audition back, and the audition was in Brooklyn, and I was like, oh, Jesus, that's such a commute. I don't know if I want to do this. And <laughs> but I, I go because I thought the script was, was so, so funny, and I loved the character, even though it was going to pay me $0 a day. You knew that up front. I knew that up front. But it, it shot in Boston, so it was all expense paid in Boston, and I had never been to Boston. I was like, okay. well, that seems fun. Like, you know, a few weeks Which is Boston. funny because how far away is Boston from New York? Like a, a, f- a four and a half hour bolt bus. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, a bolt bus. Yeah, a bolt bus. I thought bus. you said boat <laughs> bus. A bus with like, a lot of yeah. bolts on you it. You got a lot of fun stuff <laughs> yeah. out there on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> boat buses, plane cars. And so I did that movie and not knowing what would come of it. And and I kind of didn't care. Yeah, you liked like, the character. Liked you liked the, the char- script. You were into the idea of that yeah, project. Yeah, and it was still in my like very naive mindset of like, well, no, I want to do the things that excite me and I want to make cool shit and uh, and not quote sell out or no and that that i don't think that's the naive part the naive part is thinking that you will never have to do something you don't necessarily get behind 100 percent. oh totally yeah because uh, that's a that's valid like i only want to work on stuff that i like that i respect that i think is worthwhile that the people involved are good people that you know that's what you should be wanting to do but then the Knowing that you're comes from not understanding that you're going to eventually have to do one thing with a bunch of assholes and it's not going to be yes. good and you're just going to yeah. have to do it. And I had definitely worked on some of those things prior to this movie. <laughs> you had you done <laughs> you'd sure. done some film that was like you were like, dude, fuck that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like okay. I was like, what am I doing? I b- this is shit. I, I, yeah. Uh, what was I thinking? I don't want to be an actor anymore. Th- oh this is, yeah. Um, really bringing you down. Yeah. Um, so I did this. I did this film. Um, th- thinking like, well, there's an indie film that'll never see the light of day. Like, Man, who, who never knows? Never know. If I'm not mistaken, that movie, and this is gonna sound silly, but I feel like that got pretty decent distribution. Almost, I I remember thinking, being at Target once, going, "What is this movie?" It, am I am I correct? Did that movie get pretty this decent? Short? No. Oh. No. That, that the film that Girls Night? No. I don't even. I don't even think that you can watch it. It's it's illegal. No, it's illegal yeah. to watch it. It's you're, you're, so you're thinking of girls trip. Girls. No, no, I'm not. No. Maybe no, I'm thinking of anyway. Anyway, for some reason I. Anyway, continue. So anyway, this film ends up, com- you know, getting cut together, and there's a ne- there's an actual movie to be seen, and <laughs> the and the director has a screening at BAM in Brooklyn, which I'm like. Fuck! Did you get that? Like that's Bam. Is know? that a film festival? B- Bam is at B- Brooklyn Academy of Music. Ah, it's this okay. big, very fancy, nice theater. Okay. Um, and so we have this kind of industry screening there, and that little film that I made zero dollars off of is what ended up getting me signed with my agents, Innovative. Uh, across the board that off of this character that I just really liked that I and I had zero expectations going in I was like I just I want to do this because I think it would be fun and then so then from there I, I sign with my agents and then I start going out for commercials and making money like that and, and then, then you're then like oh that's Easy money. Like, this is for a day? Like that? <laughs> yeah. 
this rate? And I never have to come back here again or see any of you again? Like, (laughs) fucking in. My first commercial, I remember calling my man, like I was on set or... Or th- like I saw a number somewhere. Yeah, I was giving signing you the paperwork my and yeah. Yeah, and I'm signing it. And I call my manager. I was like, I think they made a mistake. There's like, like way more zeros there was on the a end lot of this of number. Zeros, and my manager was like, Well, yeah. And I was like, what Well, have yeah. I've been doing yeah. with my Fuck life. Fuck <laughs> theater. Get me out of there. <laughs> See you later off Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, and then I start going out for like a lot of. Um, this is still in New York, by the way. Still in New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, L.A. is not on my radar at all. No, I'm but if you start breaking into the commercial world in New York, that's a much smaller pool, so you get more work. You get more work. Um, and I, I love. I mean, it was it was fun. It's it's very bizarre going out for commercials. It's yeah, weird. it's super weird. Yeah, sometimes they're like, stand on that X and dance, and I'm like, <laughs> what? Dude, I've had to take my shirt off and bounce around. They go, act like an ape. I'm like, uh, okay. I once had to go in for a de- deodorant commercial. Oh, God. And they were like... Expose your pit. They wanted to see your armpit, which was a... It's just... Which makes arm- sense, but is also weird. It's, it's weird, but weird. you understand why, but you're like, gross. Okay. Yeah, and then you had to tell a story about body odor. <laughs> Well, that yeah. Sometimes they just want to see your personality, so they'll be I like, know, "Tell me I'm a like, story." I don't think I can be charming and talk to you about bo. Like, I yeah. don't think that's in my wheel. Well, there was this one time I smelled like an asshole and a foot had a baby. Okay, all right. How much do you guys know about volleyball? Because let me tell you something. I was bump setting and spiking, and my teammates were like, "Pu, no more spiking for you." Um. So then I started to do that, and and then I was getting, I was getting, film and and TV auditions, more and more, and then I, then I got, I got my first like, TV gig, which was Donnie, on USA Network. Which was that's a fairly recent show. Yeah, right? I mean it was a, uh, 2015 or 16. Um, but I got it. It's it's one of those like you weird got that out out east. You got that in New York. Yeah, shot in okay. New York. Oh, it was okay. one of like the only single cam comedies shooting in New York at that time. I think Broad City was one of like that and Donnie and two others or something. Right. Uh, but Donnie was uh, some. I had gone in for that project a year before the TV show got made. And this was before I had my agents. I only had a manager. And it was a spec pilot. Just this w- weird spec pilot for uh, not USA Network was not attached. It was just independent at the time. Independent at yeah. the time. I can't remember the name of the studio that was doing it. Um, and so I, I go in originally for to play. And so the show follows Donnie Deutsch political talking head on MSNBC and all around good guy. Uh, so I, I initially go in to play his daughter. But it's a scripted. It's a scripted. Yeah. They called it a soft scripted show. Was there a lot of improv? Yes. Okay. So, we so would like do Curb Your Enthusiasm-ish. Yes. It, it, it's very, very much in that vein. Okay. So I go in to play his daughter. I get called back for a chemistry read with Donnie and um, we're kind of shooting the shit and, t- and talking and he was like asked me oh I bet you're 
you're my daughter's age. And P.S. The daughter is like 16 in the show. Um, and I, I am not 16. Oh. News flash. This just in. This just in. But <laughs> barely. But barely, you know. Okay. Uh, and he asked me, he was like, well, how old are you? And that is a question, as an actress, when you read young, it's, <laughs> I started to sweat. See, this is the story I should have told for my BO deodorant commercial. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Just stress sweat. And I'm looking around <laughs> to any, for anyone to save me to in this To give moment. you some sort of I'm a looking signal. looking at the casting director. I'm like, please, God, some, can someone jump in here? Because this is not, this is, and not legal per right, right, right not legal right. but also your fear is that if you say you're as old as you are then then he goes well you're too old to play my daughter yeah. which is exactly what happened because uh, <laughs> he asks you answer and i and i kept looking and i was like well no i feel confident like and we're hitting it off i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be truthful because i i'm a horrible liar so i i tell him my real age and he's like oh great cool 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 they're like, thanks for coming in, Jess. And I'm like, ah, fucking shit. You could I tell just, right away. I knew immediately. Uh. I get a call from my manager within an hour. They, they, you're too old. And I was like, ah. And I, Why did he and, ask me? Well, and he said, he was like, did, he, did someone ask your age in the audition? I said, yes, yes, I was asked, and I didn't know what to do. You know, I, did, I, I wasn't thinking... Like, you could have said something like, like, I'm old enough. Uh, yeah, old enough to buy cigarettes and porn. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> you're right, yeah. Uh, but... But I, I just vote. was so, I mean, there was a, and at that point I hadn't really, being in front of a camera, sort of like a test situation when there's a bunch of They're all staring at you, making I, sure and, you, you know, gel with sure the lead guy. Exactly, like, oh, do they have banter? Is this Does this work? Blah, blah, blah. And I was so, I, I just didn't think of lying. And at that point I didn't know that it was a, that big of a deal. Very quickly learned out it is a big deal and you should lie. It should, which Actors is, is uh, which is a shame. Lie. Which is which wrong. really sucks. Yeah. But they liked me and so they brought me back in to read for an assistant, his assistant, and there was like a trio of girls that which in real life Donnie Deutsch actually has three assistants. Three female assistants, but they didn't know what they were yet. They didn't know the characters were very loose and they didn't really have so they were like, just come in and and bring something. So I was like, okay. And so I, I came in the next day with my version of of an assistant that sort of fit into this triage of assistants. And I got the offer. And I was like, holy shit, they, they're buying what I'm selling. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, but how old are you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Since yeah. the last time. Since they're the last like, time we asked three days ago. Yeah, you're too young. Um, <laughs> uh and so I think I got, so of course, it was a spec pilot. I think they paid me like $250 yeah. a day to do it. Oh, and a day. That's good. Yeah. So multiple that days? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's multiple formats. Multiple like, formats. Well, no, I think I played like the whole thing shot and maybe five days. I think I played two or three. But it was still, I was like, $250. Like, I mean. Once, see you later again off Broadway. Yeah. See you later again off Broadway. Uh, like, are you leaving or not? Hey, lady, stop coming down here and yelling, yelling at, us. at us. That's weird. You already said goodbye. <laughs> so then that happens, and it. So we do it, and then I'm like, and then it goes away, and I I don't think anything of it. It was a spec pilot. You like, assumed you like once it's done, you were you weren't like this is so amazing that this has to be made into a TV show. You were like, 
Thank you for the money. This was fun. Yeah, because I, I was like a spec pilot. Like those don't ever get made. No, I mean they, they usually never. do not. And then the next <laughs> year, I see a deadline article saying USA Network picks up untitled Donnie Deutsch. A project. year later. A year later, I call, and at this point I'm with Innovative, and and so I call and I'm like, um, what? I read no, for that. I read for I that. No, I go in for Brett Goldstein. I was going to an audition for her that day that the article broke, and and Brett Goldstein had cast the spec pilot for the for Donnie, and I was and she was like, "Have you heard?" And I was like, "What what's going on? Like, do I get to keep my part? Do I stay?" And um, and they recast a lot of the roles. I had to go in and and re audition. Oh, okay. Um, because I had to do chemistry reads because one of the assistants got they they recast a lot and so i mean it was like the most it was crazy that having to go back in and sort of (laughs) and seeing girls in the waiting room auditioning for the part that That i created isn't that frustrating and they all look like like you and you're like uh, hold on what's that wait a second with the with the so i'm in a waiting room with girls with the rest of the people that look like you with the rest of the people that look like me um that are all sort of auditioning against me, which is probably the most humbling experience. <laughs> that they're, they're looking uh, for a type like you, but maybe not you. Yeah. And but maybe you. But may- maybe. Yeah. And they were also, they wanted to diversify the cast, so then there were people that looked totally not <laughs> like me. You got to do that. Go against everything they had just to see. Yeah, which is fine. That makes yes. all that makes sense. That's mm-hmm. how this business works. Yeah. Um, so it was a really bizarre experience. I'm like, well, I, but I created that character. How I should be rewarded. But then I also understood it because I had n- no television credits to my name. I mean, I'm not even a co-star. Like, not even a on Law and Order. Like, she went that way. Right. Like nothing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I was <laughs> up for for this, you know, a lead in a TV show. So I, I got why they, why they were sort of making sure. And then there was there were more executives that were wanted to be a part of the decision making. Oh, that's always great. Um, but, uh, yeah, because <laughs> they really know what they're yeah. talking more about. More executives is what this town <laughs> needs. <laughs> uh, but then I, I, I get the job. I get, to, I get to keep the job. How many of the other assistants, any of the other, were you the only assistant that kept the? Uh, there was myself and one other. And then they replaced the third. They replaced the third. And then they, re- and then they kept one other. The, the, the daughter stayed. And. Um, Let me ask you a question. Did you look younger than the daughter? Mm, <laughs> In the end. No, she looked very. Very young. She okay. was younger than me, but not like that far off. Right. <laughs> like, I don't think the only like difference between you and wow. her was the, the only difference between you and her. The truth. Yeah. <laughs> that was exactly. the only difference. I'm like, why the fuck didn't you? But I ended. I loved my part. It, it ended up being a blessing. Yeah. And then so they pretty much recast almost everywhere. The daughter stayed. Used two of the assistants stayed. And and his like sort of right hand man. Uh, this brilliant woman named Emily Tarver, she stayed. Okay. Um, That's a tough gig, man, when you do a pilot and it gets picked up and they're like, they loved it, except for you. We're replacing you. That's that's one of those hard things as an actor. I can't even imagine how. And look, 
I know you're not supposed to take these things personally, but like, how can you not for one moment when they go, we loved everything about the show, but we're definitely getting rid of you. I, and how do you not take it? Per- <clears throat> I always yeah. get so just annoyed by that comment of don't take it personally. Well, like, how? I, I take it every... Yeah. I mean, how do you not? You're laying yourself on the line. It's such a personal business. Well, and also when you hear crazy stories about, like... Eric you know, Stoltz. You, it, uh, was that... Uh, be, uh, Back to, Back the, to future. the Future. Like, I mean, you're talking oh. about, like, Guys legendary change. S- and like, 75% of that movie, and then they were like... You know what? We don't like you. We're bringing Never in Michael J. Fox because yeah. we don't want to do two more of these with you. Yeah. So get I out. mean, in the end, ultimately for him, he, he did okay for himself. But imagine if he hadn't done okay for himself. If that was his like living legacy in this town of wow. like I shot seventy five percent of one of the one a movie that is like worldwide known known, f- known forever known, known for forever. decades will never not go away. And it's like no, that was me, but that's not me. So I mean, yeah, how can you not? Take it personally. All I guess, all in the end, all you can do is hope that it's just not you, right? Well, um, you you yeah. also, I think you get, and this you haven't had as too much rejection just yet, but I, I feel like <laughs> just yet I've had I like he speaks I, truth. Right? I got it's to always do I got to do a, I got to do a movie, and I gave everything to these people for barely anything. Meaning, like I put in a lot of work on on showing up on these long ass days for little to no money, and really trying to make this movie something. And then they were like, we love the movie was done. And they're like, we love the movie. We're going to try to turn it into a TV show. They can't, they wanted to have, they, can we have a meeting with you? I go, yeah. So we meet the director and this producer of this movie who I just worked with for like months at a time on this movie. They were like, mm-hmm. here's the script for the show. Do you have, and I worked in production. I was like working, uh, producing on Punked and stuff like that for a while. So they were like, do you have any other producers you could show this script to? And I was like, yeah, I can definitely get this into somebody's hands, you know. And then they go, cool. If it gets sold, you're going to be able to audition for. And I go, I go, what? They wanted me to come in and audition for the part that I made people like in the movie enough for them to want to make a TV show about. And I was like, I I showed the script to my manager at the time. And she goes, there's spelling errors in here. I go, throw it away. (laughs) I go throw it the fuck away. I go. I don't want to. I'm audition for this fucking role that I made. No, like it's I was. I was enraged. Yeah, but that's like, how the business works. Un- yeah. I, and again, this was years ago, and I was in a different, had a different mindset at the time. But yeah, like you say, okay, I get it now. There are some things that we got to make sure that whoever they bring in to do this role, if it fits with that, there's a whole bunch of puzzle pieces that need to be thrown in the box, but. Yeah. That's fucking... Well, there's pitfalls and then there's stepping stones. And it sounds like for you, Mm -hmm. there's been each one of these little like weird moments turns into another stepping stone. Yes. Right? Yeah, right. None, s- none of it's been a setback. It's all been no, no, but, a but move no things are well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I think I mean, yours was a setback, but it's just like, but it that's also like a, part. It felt yeah. like a setback, but also like they didn't sell that show. No. Uh, no. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, that's how we ended. I'm sure they're lovely. I'm sure <laughs> fuck them and the George Foreman girl. They gr- they uh, drove they ro- they drove in on. I hope whatever, they're doing well. I still am glad I did the movie, but I was just like. But it's like you said, you're going in there to audition for a role you already played that you created that was like a lot of improv. And you're like, you're basing this character. You're telling these women to read the character like me. Like, yeah. And and because um, it was so improvised in the spec pilot. So the script for episode one were literally lines that I had improved in the spec pilot that I wrote that I'm like, this is. 
That is, and it was really hard not to get in an angry mindset. That's borderline yeah. illegal, though. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. they ask you to do that in commercials, they'll be like, "Hey, just uh, improvise it," and then like a line you say will be in a commercial that you didn't get cast in, and you're like, "You oh, motherfuckers owe me money for exactly. that shit!" Like, I've gone in for commercials, and so I've gone in for the first round and the improvise, and then I've gone in for callbacks, and the fucking casting director is feeding actors the line that I said the day before. Yeah. And like and then I don't get the job and you know those residuals would have been really nice yeah and that you can't there like I've heard of people collecting money off of that but it's like you got to be a real like clog in the wheel kind of person you got to be that kind of person that yes. like complains and like goes after people yeah but and, what's like, the and but what's the ultimate payback to, to yeah, you you get your residuals on that and then and you then don't get no called in again I mean, exactly then no one wants to pay it's like when people complain too much like you owe us overtime for this audition it's like dude you might want to cool it because no one likes that and guy. you're never like, getting called in by yeah, the office yeah. again yeah i helped somebody um uh, that was on last comic standing and I created a bunch of content because I knew I had pegged that they needed content for the show. And he showed it to them and they're like, cool, we'll reshoot it and use all this stuff. And he's like, well, it's this guy's stuff. And they're like, OK, well, you tell him either we'll let you use it and it will help you or we're just not going to use it. And he's like, well, why don't you just give him credit or pay him? They're like, no. So you can either he can either sign off and like let us reshoot it and take credit for it and it will benefit you or it, you know, it's just like. He came back to me, and I was like, oh, I'm not shocked by anything they're saying right now. But, of course, uh, NBC would not want to pay a pittance to somebody that created something. They right. So, basically, I, I, let, I basically said, just take it. Also, I'd like to go on the record of saying, fuck, last comic standing. No, but, but my point is, they're not the only ones that do stuff no, like no, no, that. No, it's just, that was my personal but experience they with, they were like, we have all the leverage here. Yeah. Um, we're not going to give you a dime for this. So you go back to the person that did this and and basically beg them to give it to us for free so we can reshoot it. Jeez. Like, but then again, not surprised by how the business works. There's a, it's it's amazing. It's like everything else. It's like how much money can I make and not give any of it to you? I mean, that's kind of the business model of everything. But anyway, to get off that whole you know shit part of the business part of it, right? <laughs> but it is. It's a part of the business that we deal with. Yeah. Asking your age, not getting not getting paid what you were supposed to get paid. Um, getting recast for something that you you shouldn't have been, you know what I mean? Like all that's part of it. But, yeah. you, but you either stay in it or you get out. You know, yeah. either it pisses you off to the point where you're like, I'm done. And I'm assuming in your time, you've probably have friends that no longer do this. I'm assuming there are people that you either went to school with or whatever, and they're out. They're done. They went on and had a normal life because they couldn't put up with it. I would say m- more than those who, who have stayed. Stuck with it, yeah, and and you know what? I respect that. I, I understand it. They're smart. Yeah, as long <laughs> as they're happy and they found happiness somewhere else. Yeah, but also you seem to have gotten, um, you seem like became pretty successful quickly. Meaning, like you were booking jobs and you were getting things and you were able to say no to stuff that you didn't like and you were able to get by without it being too big of like in between things where you were like oh my god i'm never gonna book anything again or oh my oh, god oh no i've definitely no. had a lot of that <laughs> but like i'm talking like are you talking because i have a friend who does that too but it's like when he hasn't gone out on an audition for like a week and he's like no oh, i'm I never gonna work i'm like okay no i go i mean i've i go through huge dry spells i mean okay. b- between donnie and cassandra french i had done like i did donnie and then i did two little indie films back and I was like oh my god this is my life now I'm just gonna jump from set to set and this is great but then I didn't work for like 
nine, ten months, almost a year. And I was like, holy shit. This I thought, business is yeah. sucky. And then just it, the, the craziest thing, it takes one day, one audition to turn an entire year Year's dry spell. I thought you were going to say that frown upside down. That frown upside <laughs> down. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. It, and, and that's why you go, like, when you had that audition, you're like, oh, it's in Brooklyn. I don't want it. But now you know, like, that's why you go to all of them because yeah. you don't fucking know. It's a numbers know. game. Yeah. You don't it's, know. You don't you know. You have no clue. And, and the one, one thing can just completely completely change everything and that show was that also in new york the uh that was not i was living in new york at the time and had to go on tape um for it where did they film you it? booked it on tape i did what's the law i, I always forget cassandra's friend no, I, 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 cassandra french is finishing there, school. Yeah, okay it's a, it's, a, it's a longer title and so all right so where and that was you were the lead in that correct ish if i you, was okay. i played cassandra french Sorry. Initially auditioned for her best friend Claire. That's where it all started. So they said, "Go in and audition for this. Read for this person." Because it was very similar to the role that I had played in Girls' Night, and so my agents would send me out for that a lot. Um, So I I get the you know packet for that. I put it on tape, and at that point. I was taping a lot, and so I was like, I just send another one into the ether. Like, right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So you had that. That's the ch- that's my general feeling is when you put something on tape, you're like, okay, no one is going to. You give yeah. it your all. You do the best you can. You yeah. make it look good because I've seen some tapes that I'm like, dude, I would, if I saw, if you sent this to me, I would find you and kill you. This sucks so bad. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. But, like, I try to make it look good. I have Eddie come over. I try to work a, you know what I mean? I try to make it look like something. But at the same time, in my head, I'm like, this is just practice for me to act. Yeah, yeah. I don't tapes. I just you do them and you do your best, and then you forget about them. So that's what I did with that audition, and and then I think it was the next day or maybe two days later they said uh, we'd like her to read the packet for Cassandra, and so then I got sent you know t- sixteen twenty pages of <laughs> material to to do to read for Cassie and my agents are like sooner the better sooner the better you know <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like uh there's 20 fucking pages you got to give me at least a day on this yeah, but i understand their thing is like listen we don't re- want yeah, them to go and move on to someone else like, yeah. while it's relevant let's go they liked what i had done and they they were, and then all of a sudden they wanted to see me for the lead and they were like so let's just not make them change their mind like just yeah. just send this yeah. so and how so does one go about wait, memorizing wait, no, that wait, much information oh. I I've never had had a a problem with that. a little bit photographic tiny okay. like just um but memorizing is the thing that I worried the least about. Oh, Not okay. a big pot smoker, are you? Not so much. There we go. Yeah. I'm sure the brown liquor has killed a, <laughs> enough of a my brain cells. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so then I guy go on tape again the either within I don't think it was the next day. I think I gave myself a day to learn the packet. And then I went on tape the day after. And then again. I, but at this point, I'm like, someone's going to watch this. Because I, I knew they had now watched. You know now they're, I'm now nervous. Now they're definitely going to watch it. So the attitude is like, oh, fuck. People are going to watch this? Yes. And I remember. <laughs> and I was go And I I filmed. There was like a little taping studio 
about 10 blocks from my apartment and it was raining and humid and so and I have so much hair. So I get there and my hair is just a just it's gross. I mean it is really unfortunate. You're not feeling your and best. <laughs> no, no, no. And the and Amy who had put me on tape a lot and she was like it's fine. It's totally fine. Like I know one of the directors, Frankie Shaw, she's from New York. It's and, and she was like, and it's cable. Who gives a shit? And I was like, <laughs> great. And um, and so I do I do the tape, um, and then I I send it, and um, and then um, with I think within a few hours they call. No shit. It was really fast. I mean, it it was so like, they just needed to. You just had to send something in to just justify what they already kind of felt. You think? Yeah. In the I end, just, I got so, I got so lucky because the creatives, Eric Garcia, who who served as showrunner and created the show based off of his book by the same name, and then the directors Frankie Shaw and Josh Lawson were all so heavily a part of the casting process and they were watching these tapes and casting itself, Shane and Nicole, they watched every single tape and then they sent my tape to these directors and showrunner and um, they really went to bat for me. Okay. Um, and so by the, by the time I sent the, the tape got sent and then by the end of the day, I think casting had called my agent saying like, would like to put a big fat pin in her, big fat pin, because they couldn't make me an offer because then the tape had to go through executives because I was I didn't have to do a formal network test for it. Okay. Um. So, so then I get kind of pinned for this, but it was still there was still a lot of steps to this journey because it was the lead on a Yeah, and TV then show. that's what they do. They'll make you jump through a million fucking hoops. So then the next step I had to have a Skype meeting with Eric Garcia, the creator. So then that gets set up. Where are they based out of that you're not seeing anybody? They're in LA. LA, okay. Yeah. And so and so I have this Skype meeting with Eric that and I'm for some reason I am more nervous for that than I was back to BO. Back to BO. Yeah. Well, because I'm he you real if he's the creator. if he wrote this. Yeah. This is his he's got a thing in his head that you don't necessarily know. And he's looking for it and and I knew they had done an they had done a pilot for this show at MTV a few years back oh. that was unsuccessful. And I knew that he had some issues with it and and um Do you so happen to know who played Cassandra in I the don't, I'm blanking on her name. Okay. I, not that not that we would need to bring it up. I'm just curious if you knew if it was Can I ask you a question? You Obviously this in your mind at this moment, are you thinking to yourself also or I, I'm trying to get gauge wh- wh- where you're at and how you approach stuff. The difference between the other stuff that you talked about in auditioning and being a part of it, those are like I don't want to they're, they're either day player roles or they're like little mini arcs, but there's you are not. No one's hanging their hat on you. The, the 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 success of the show is not you. Are you seeing this completely different? Like, okay, holy shit! Like, they're what they're saying is, I I'm the person who's got the name on this show. Are you? Is that part of your nervousness, or do you not give a shit? It's a, is it all the same to you? Um, I mean, of course that. I was like, 
I mean, the best, you know, this the second lead, I was like, yeah. But then when when the Cassandra French audition, I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like, this is that's big. It was it was huge, and that that they would trust me to be able to do it. And I also I I loved the material. I loved it, and I wanted it. I was like hungry for it, but. Yeah. As actors, no, you can't. Can't look. You can't, can't act that way. Like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to play it super. I will cool. do anything for this part. Please help <laughs> me, God. Please don't do it for free. Uh, Just give d- me d- hot dogs d- and oatmeal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but the Skype meeting with Eric, I mean, the you audition and people say no to your work it feels personal, but that's all subjective, and it, you know their taste could not be the same as yours. And right. that, but the Skype meeting, I'm like, okay, so if. He says no. He's saying no, like to me. You like I don't think I'd work well with you. you. Like personally. he obviously likes my work, but like there's something yeah. about you personally. <laughs> I'm not spending every day on set with I you. I don't want you on set with me. That every day. that would be a personal. I mean, that yeah. is, you can't. You yeah. have to take that personally because, like you said, he watches you on tape doing a character. He likes the character. Then he has a Skype interview with you, your personality, who you are. Yeah. And then if he was like. Nah. Yeah, like if like, I ah, was a, just a total asshole, he'd be like, "No, nah, just, just." Well, yeah, but right. You know but what's, the odds but of that? I mean, just so you know, uh, you can take this as a compliment or not, but you're extremely normal. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. You're not like I, I know you said you were shy and stuff like that before, but you're not like an oddball. I mean, maybe you're trying. I uh, maybe maybe you wish you were or whatever, but I highly doubt anybody wants to be. But well, you know, maybe I mean, you. Yeah. S- but you carry yourself extremely normal. You. Like that's, that's anybody can sit point. down and talk to you and be like, okay, I'm not. Ta- I'm not worried that this freak is going to be like it's a pain in the ass on set, yeah. irritating to the other cast members, annoying to the crew, pissy at wardrobe yeah. and hair and makeup. Because like, the, I mean, I knew that just being on other sets and seeing who's number one on the call sheet, they set the tone for the entire show. Yeah, they do. They, I mean, it's it's an enormous amount of responsibility to know that, like, you want people to show up for work every day and, like, actually want to be there. And be glad to see you there again today. like, oh, Jesus, there she is again. That that, that was my favorite one. I used to work on production when, like, you could tell the one person that kind of, I've worked on a couple shows. Those actors will remain nameless, but like when they would come on, it would go from like er, like this flurry of activity and happen. As soon as they came on, you could just feel yeah. uh, like, all right, let's just get this part over. I never want to be that fucking worst. person. But it, it's you feel it. You feel like they're like, all right, fine, they're here. Let's just get their shit shot and get them back off fucking set so we can go yeah. back to enjoying yeah. this long fucking day. And it's sad when you see that happen. It's horrible. It should be fun. Yeah, I mean, I've had TV. That's kind of my theory. And I've had a couple crew guys on different commercials I've. Done done and this is i guess i'm blowing myself or patting myself on the back congrats. or whatever but congrats like, in advance um but i have a couple guys stop me once i go hey we worked with you on like three other spots i go oh awesome man and they're like oh we love working with you and i'm like that is you made my day man it matters and then they were like they were like you show up you're fun to be around you don't fuck off you know your lines we get out on time i'm like uh, awesome, and then I'm like, now I'm like, oh God, don't fuck this one up. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, you just like super keep paranoid, going up like, and you're like, I, 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 But it was just nice to uh, nice to know that 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 kind of shit is appreciated. You want people to like, I don't want people to like not want to sit by me at lunch. I don't want people to go like run away from me when I walk onto set. Like, yeah. So that was so the interview, the Skype interview went well. It yes, it, and he's just. 
I'm still friends with him to this day. Right. Work and work. Well, that with wasn't him that long ago, a, was it? No, it was only two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> but, shot, but it came out last year. So but I'm like, still, forever friends. <laughs> no, <laughs> eighteen months later. But but you know, I mean, in the business, I remember the first job I worked production where I had uh, we were out of the country and there was like a, a tight knit group of us. I'm like, I'm like, we. I've made friends for life That's on right. this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then like da, fucking two don't weeks talk later. To, yeah, yeah, you leave. You left. I got on the plane. That was it. Like yes. never fucking saw yeah. like 99% of those people again. But no. with Eric, I knew immediately I wanted to work with him forever. Like I was like, this is someone that I, I want to just hold on to his kite tails for, for everything. Cause I, I believed it. He was so, I had a, a, an image of what LA I had never sure. been to LA and I had yeah, all these the images of what the people making the shows there looked like and sounded like on the inside <laughs> of his nose. Yeah, hey babe, we'll do lunch. All right, yeah, ciao. Just snorting drugs and <laughs> yeah. be like, show me your tits. Jobs yeah. <laughs> yours. Right. We're having lunch at Jumbo's clown room today. Like Ew. Yeah. So did you and move when you got the show? Did you No. You no. did not move. So Okay. So I and I I got the job and then um, how, can I ask you how long one, after the Skype interview, how quickly did they notify you? Well, they, I knew. So this is cr- this is crazy, but I knew Eric knew it during that interview that he wanted me. And, but that was not over then. You had but said, because no, he still has to get because. Uh, uh, the, but he had sent me. Um, he was like, "What's your email? I'm going to send you the entire Bible for the show." Which does not happen. No, for, I mean, no, no, it no. Does Why would he share that with you if he definitely that wasn't he yeah. behind me? And you. I, and so I, you know, hang up Skype, and then all of a sudden, I have the, everything. The Bible in my inbox. For those of that don't know, a Bible of a show is everything. And I was everything. like, I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm gonna book this maybe because he just sent me the entire show Bible, and and my manager's like, what the fuck are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, 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 okay. I'll, I'll call, I'll call you when I know anything. But then, and so, but an, uh, the offer does not, you know, a formal offer does not come <laughs> in. Nothing's and I'm happening. Like, What's <laughs> going on? Like, then you're just replaying the Skype interview in your head. Like, what did I say? <laughs> what did exactly. I say? What did I do? Does what he I give everyone the Bible? And yeah. I was like, maybe this is just like a thing that he people. really likes to share with people. Yeah, he's like, hey, I wrote a show. You guys want to look yeah, at everything? You want to look like, at everything? You uh, want to look at my character breakdowns <laughs> and like arcs? And, like, You'd be great on it. Like, I'm a janitor, sir. Like, Oh, I'm just so bullshitting I'm like, you, but still read it, okay? Right, so I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's just a thing that happens. Maybe this is a th- just run-of-the-mill, throwing Bibles around. This is Hollywood BS. And so it was, there were a few more hoops to jump through because it was on Audience Network, but it was a co-production with full screen. So there were two <laughs> networks that I had to get approved mm. by. Um, and full screen immediately said yes because they trusted the creatives and the creatives have all had all been like yes 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 please um and they really they got they got behind me and they were and really stood up they were like it's her or nothing which mm. i would i i can't believe they did that like there's a million actors mm. <laughs> that could have played this part and i just feel very grateful that they they took such a chance on me um but then Audience Network came in, and they were like, well, we have some notes. Like, we need to see. And I'm like, oh, y- y- Fuck off. I mean, it's just a control <laughs> thing. And, like, Eric is like, I'm yeah. willing to just tell them to fuck off and, and say, no, this is who I want. It's her. 
you what did they want? What, what, what more did they want? Besides just out of curiosity well, and pretend I mean, that they were in reality, charge. In reality, I had only, they had, I had done the Claire tape, and then I had done the one Cassie tape. And that was it. And I was about to get an offer for this lead off of one tape. I mean, if I were a network, I'd be like, uh, and they had seen, I mean, they'd showed him footage from Donnie and footage from literally probably, uh, they watched you've done. everything I have ever done. Sure, but you didn't have to go in and do a test or another audition in front of people. No. and it That's was, weird. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have to do it for Donnie either. I mean, I had to, I didn't, I had to go in for networks and suits and stuff but it wasn't like a f it wasn't a formal t test yeah. thing um so so then they were like well we just want to see if and eric was ready to be like i'm gonna tell them no and then i just said well no i can do it so why don't i just do it like i'm just just let me rule number again. two Always be willing to be in, yeah. stay involved. Don't yeah. don't be don't be the cog in the in the what do they call it, the cog in the wheel or whatever. Yeah. Like well, don't just you know just be like eh, whatever. I, just, like, I don't mind auditioning. Like I don't I, like I want everyone to to know that I can do it. I don't want to step on set my first day and having everyone half doubt the people you being already. Like, oh, but we only saw that one tape. Like can she? Really or just still be it? mad because they kind of felt like you were you were forced Shut on them and then yeah, they just never I've, really. I've seen it happen where like. Agents will be like, no, they're not coming back in for this. And, and I just like, have okay, never bye. been. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, but I, why would I say that? Like, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm an actor. The I, I got to audition to get parts. I get it. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I really don't, I don't care about going in again. So I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to just give me whatever notes and I'll, I'm going to do another tape. And um, so I do one more tape with like, very just the few little tweaks. You know, so you're still not going live in front of anyone. So you're not going into a this, room. This whole time you're still been in I'm New York. I'm still in New York uh. at this point. They want to see a third fucking tape. And so they. How come yeah. they never? How come they never? Uh, if they got as far as flying you out, if they wanted to meet you in person, it's interesting. I mean, uh, that's right. Wouldn't yeah. you think that they would want to meet you in person at some point? I, I w yes, but I I did the Skype interview and then. N no, <laughs> I don't. So you I, never I had to meet anybody in person by the time you got the offer. No, the offer came in, and I was still in New York, and I had still not met a single person in the flesh. They had not. Is that seen, normal, like, by the, the way? Lower half of my body. So your is that <laughs> yes. your frame is just is that the normal? Top of your head, your waist. Yeah, I don't no. think that that's no, normal. that's not okay. normal no. at I, all. I was oh, told that we should to also be clear that Jess is also a centaur. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if yeah so she doesn't like to <laughs> show her lower half. Very it's sensitive part, about my lower half. She's part bull. Um, it's my hooves. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that's no, that's fucking crazy because usually they see the tape and then they're like, "Well, we got to see her." Yeah, they want to. And then see they what bring you, you in, like and then you do like life. maybe two or three other auditions for like the more suits and more executives that get involved. It was a really bizarre process that. Um, now that I've been out in L.A. and have had to go through proper tests yeah. and stuff, and I was like, well, this fucking sucks. Can't, can't the director just tell him, no, it's me or nobody? Yeah, like, just, it's no. me or nobody. Can I just like sit in my living room and do another tape? Dude, don't like, you guys know about Skype? Yeah. Guys, I'm like, Skype interviews. Can I just do a Skype interview? So I got, I mean, I got a little spoiled from that. And I, to this day, I'm like, how did I do that? Like, well, because you were meant, those, those two worlds were meant. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, you was, realize in hindsight that, that yeah, they yeah. saw yeah. you. The first people that were like, "No, we think she's the girl," and then he was like, "She's definitely the girl." Yeah, it's just there's 
there's there's your talent and then there's your just your general appearance that fits with what they see this character as yeah. and then if you're the, you have the ability to then bring the character to life even a little bit they're like okay yeah 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 we think this is it and then but but to not bring you in in front of people no i mean and the not first even get a day... glimpse of your personality no i know i mean i walked into the production office so at that point then then i was in la first time ever in la I was coming to do. Did you have friends out here? Did you stay somewhere? Or did they? Did they at that point? Do they fly you out and give you a whole, like an extended stay place or something no, like they, that? Or how does I that got work? I flown out. I had. I stayed with actually one of the other assistants on Donnie. She had lived in New York and then made the move out to L.A. and and she was like, I have an extra room in my house. And I was like, Can I? I don't know. I was so nervous. I mean, I I didn't, and I. Had never been, but I hated LA. Yeah, I mean, I was in New York. You already had, like, you already had your fucking predetermined. <laughs> yeah, uh, LA, where everything is fake and bullshit. And, yeah. yeah, and then luckily, one of my best friends in the world had just come out here because he was staffed as a writer on a show, and and so he was the one to. He was like, "I'll pick you up at the airport," and I was nice. like, "Oh my god." You know, I have like an enormous two suitcases, and yeah, I, I get out at LAX, which is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, to <laughs> say the least. The first time you go to LAX, first time you have to be in and out of there, you're like, ah, I'm gonna off and myself. And my flight landed at like 10 p.m. and it was dark and it was just gridlock, but it was like on a Monday. And oh, it's always gridlock. Yeah, oh, God. And I didn't know. I was like. Oh my God! This is. But then I heard someone say like, "Hey, fuck you!" <laughs> and you're like, "Hey, New York!" I know. All right. I was like, "I'm home." There's <laughs> anger here too, <laughs> you guys. I can relate to people spitting on the hood of my car. But I, in my mind, I packed, you know, a, a big, big ass bag to get me through, because we shot the show eight episodes in two and a half months. I mean, it yeah. was wow. it was yeah. fast. Where did yeah. you shoot it? Block was, shooting. Was we it all on stage? It, we shot it. A few a few sets were on stage, and then we were on location. Okay, well, where yeah. what's where where did you sh- where were we you on stage? It, we shot at DC stages, which have you ever been there? One's downtown, yeah. Oh my yeah. god, those are yeah. Um, There's some old sets there. Some, some old sets. They're it's old. Are you familiar with DC stages? Is that the one? Uh, it's in the warehouse district downtown oh, Los no. Angeles. It's one of the many like it's kind of like the Herald Examiner, which I think was defunct by the time. I had met you, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but it, it it's it's like the Examiner, but it's a little it's all sets. So it's basically a big open warehouse with a bunch of, but they're all they're old sets. I mean, yeah. look, yeah. it is what it is. I but, mean, um, it looked. The lady great. that runs it. Did you ever? Did you ever? You, I'm sure you heard about her, right? I heard about but her. But never saw her, right? No. That's the what I love. That's the, that's the mystique of that place. Yeah. It's an old actress, I guess, that uh, runs it, um, and she has been non-existent. She's only by phone. You only ever hear from her by phone. She's got some office up in some random corner or something like that or whatever. Yeah, it's an interesting place. Huh. So DC Stadium yeah, is it cool. Was a, and the AC broke, yeah. and we were shooting in J- August, mm, and it was very, very toasty. warm, and the AC broke our first day in there. So we decided um, to make the whole show take place about in a sweating. sauna. That's right, yeah, about it was sweating. Just, it, was, it was hot, but I, I mean... I didn't care. No. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. But I, I, in my mind, I was, I hated LA and I, I was going to go shoot the show and then go right back to New York. 
So you could complain about Ellie to your New York yeah, friends. Yeah, so I could be like, everyone said you have fucking dick there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen to what all these superficial people do. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get sarcasm. They're all <laughs> stupid. And, uh, but that, but I ended up. Did you ever go back? I did. You did go back. Yeah, I mean, I still had an apartment there. You did. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I went. I went back with the full intention of like. I mean, I had been in New York 10 years. So coming to L.A. after being in New York 10 years is like the biggest vacation you yeah. will ever give And you were working. Yourself. And I was working. And, and it so was you're like, making money on a thing you really like and you're, you're yeah. in the I sun. Mean, it was the and greatest. you're like, yeah. It was the greatest. But so how long from the time that you wrapped filming before that show was actually out or you had to do any press or anything for it? Like, what was the... Because, obviously, there's always downtime, right? So when you're done, you're done for a while. Yeah, yeah. it came out... We wrapped in the fall of 2016, and it came... It was actually a pretty fast turnaround. It was, We came okay. out February 2017. Okay, so it wasn't... Okay, so it was only a couple yeah, months. It was okay. only a couple months. So I was immediately sort of... Go I went back to New York, and I I put my apartment on the market... And which is oh god, I had the sweetest deal in New York. What do you I mean still, on the market? I mean, I but for rent, like, but wait, do you see you subletting? You still have it? No, I wish I still had it. Right, that's a trick, right? That a lot of people do because they never want to let go of it. But or it was a, it was in a condo, oh, so okay. like I guess I was technically subletting. You can have all these rules, so I was not allowed to sublet oh, that apartment. Okay, but a lot of people do do that, right? They they yes. because you don't want to lose and. As soon and I had the sweetest. I lived in the Upper West Side of Manhattan for like no money, like right across the street from Central Park and the Natural History Museum. And I paid a fraction of wow. what you should pay because the woman that I rented from used to be an artist, and she was like, "I know how hard it can get sometimes, and so I don't want to jack up the price on a struggling artist." And I was like, Whoa. "So she would raise the rent." And she would always ask me there. She was like, <laughs> if I raise it a percent, is that okay? Did you have a good year? Is that cool with you? And I was like, is this a real life thing? No, <laughs> just so you know, did it's I, fucking not did a real I life <laughs> thing. Create this? I don't want to make not? it hard for a struggling artist. Most people are like, I don't want struggling artists living anywhere near my building. I'm going to jack the rent up so only no, rich I ass mean, motherfuckers but live it was, here. But it was a 275 square foot room. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I mean, it was very New York living. You couldn't turn on. Like, I couldn't turn on the blow dryer and have the lights on, or it would blow the fuse in the entire <laughs> apartment. Sure. <laughs> so it was very okay. charming. It was very charming. Like, charming. I couldn't have my George Foreman plugged in for and those like, of you anything, who, anything else, else in the For those of you who don't know what the word charming really means, um, <laughs> if you remove it from anything uh, outside of Shoe an box. actual, like, something you live in, charming means something else. Yeah. When it comes to living, charming yeah. charming means there, there are shortcomings. So so I, I came back, I rapped, and then... And then I went back to New York, and then I just, I sort of, I packed everything up. And I, I, I gave myself three suitcases. And if I, anything I could not fit in three suitcases, I just, I gave away or sold or wow. took to Goodwill. But at this, so, okay, so you're 10 years in New York. Obviously, we know your childhood, you're, you're, you were not, moving around was nothing new to you. So I, I understand that from that mentality, you're probably already trained for that. But leaving New York... Was it was it still hard to leave New York, and or were you at a point where you thought, okay, when you did this show, were you also assuming that this show would just keep going and going and going, or were, or was your attitude, I'm done with, I I I think it's time for me to tr to do something new. 
it was both. It was, uh, um, I I felt really ready for the next adventure okay. in my life, and so that fueled like the, well. Well, why not? Let me yeah. just pack up my life and move across country. That just seems like a totally normal thing to do. And worst case scenario, I move back. Yeah, like it's always going to be there. And I thought ne- if I'm if I'm going to do it, I should do it now. Like I just shot the show. I have this this group of friends. You know, I'm not like a a stranger anymore. To, like I've kind of I have this little community here, and and I like my mom, a bit of an adventure seeker, and this seemed like the the natural progression of of what I I wanted out of life yeah and so I I went back to New York and I but I I mean I miss New York every day I I love New York so it, I mean it was hard to leave this place that because I knew going back it w- it would never be the same you know I'd been there since you went there as a young kid as a, young and a kid, struggling kid with I, like stars I, in your eyes right I figured everything out like so my, that's do you romanticize that when you think back on it? That uh, whole thing, going from Texas. Like, so when you look back on your life and you look back on going from Texas to New York City and going to school, like the, the, do, it, when you look back on it, do you like do you have that like warm and fuzzy? Like you, you remember the yeah. Even the struggling times, you still romanticize. Even the Moonies, you still romanticize their little feet. Like everything is like you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was. Actually, it's I realize. Hard to not. I realize now in talking to you, it feels like we've known each other a long time, but you actually haven't been out here that long. Now, I really now haven't. that you've actually just set, yeah. <laughs> he hasn't even been alive that long, yeah. dude. Like, no, 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 no. But I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling like it just, and it just feels like, uh, and that's that's always been a thing for me though in Los Angeles. It always seems longer than it actually is. I don't know if you guys have that same thing, but for me out here, it's because there's ev- no seasons. Is that what it is? So everything. I feel like it's just shorter. When I really, yeah. when I think about the time I've l- like I've actually been out here, I'm like, Jesus Christ! It feels like five years. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like twenty going. I feel that both. I feel that it both ways. Yeah, two, the two years have felt like a a bit of a blip. Because well, I you've mean, been pretty busy. Well, I mean, I kind of. I mean, I I did the show and then kind of expected to, you know, do another show, do another show, or like do the second season of that show, which is. Which is all I wanted. I mean, I, I I loved going to work every day, and um, that that show didn't go forward. So they um, didn't after one season. They they didn't pick it up. What again. is the audience network, by the way? That is that that's Directv's channel. Is that ultimate? I mean, yeah. forgive my ignorance, D- but I I no, play the role of the ignorant guy on the show. Either. That's why I ask a lot of questions. I, I, d- I when I got the audition, I was like, what the fuck is audience network? Yeah. Because on the East Coast, no one has Directv. You have they don't. Oh, okay. You have Time Warner Cable. So or you're telling people that you're going to be on TV on the East Coast, and like, and yeah, like, not on our shit. TVs. You're not. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, and they're all, no one can afford cable in New York because their rents are all yeah, and no one sits inside and watches TV because the fucking place is so small, so they go outside. Exactly. And then it and then it was full screen, which we were. One of the and they were, they were known for like YouTube stars. I guess they they still are. Yeah, Fullscreen became an app that you could get on like Fire TV yeah, and everything. And so yeah. that was the, ho- and we were their kind of guinea pig into a a full half hour show original yeah. program, 
uh, the one, TV th- show. This is like a, a, a new company kind of trying to get in the game of creating their own content. Yes. Well, they're seeing that everything's moving towards apps now. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. within the next five to ten years, that it's going to be an app-driven world. Like all, even the networks will be apps. I mean, they already are, but like yeah. it'll go more and more in that direction. Yeah, so. and so we had full screen that was like really great and really wanted to to make sure the creators got the show that they wanted to put out into the world and nurturing, I guess, in that sense. But also, like, did not know how to promote a television show. Because they're used to having YouTube stars that have, like, 7.6 million followers. And that's how you promote it. That's how you promote it. But we weren't that. I mean, we weren't. What are they called? Influencers? Yeah. God, they're called oh, irritating. God. Hold yeah, on a second. We all take a puke break. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to maybe mute the button. Fuck Everybody get their buckets out. I'm an influencer. No. Well, I, well, yeah. The first time I ever heard somebody Fight say that, I'm like, influence. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Like, oh, I'm an influencer. I'm like, what? Are, uh, okay. Yeah. So, th- but that's a that's a thing in our yeah. world. Uh, it, it, yeah, exactly. Yep. I accept it. I accept it. I accept I it. The don't. Same. I don't accept it. Good I mean, for you. I, I went in for an audition. Oh, in that w- in your world, yeah, I would. But continue. Sorry. Yeah. Um. It was it was for a, a a series regular on a TV show and and I was going in for producers and that's a very that's a that's a good appointment. I mean that's something that people work very hard to uh-huh. do and I and I the the very nice young lady sitting next to me, she was like, "So are you like a real actor?" And Oops. I was like, "As opposed to, mm, I I don't think I understand your question." You should have choked her um, out immediately. And she's like, "Well, I'm a YouTube star." So are you like, and I was like, oh, then yeah, I'm a real actor. <laughs> I'm a real actor. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing sitting next to each other? Like this is, but this is the world. That, yep. Because you probably, I mean, I have, I'm not active on Twitter or, and social media kind of grinds my gears at, at a lot of moments in time. And so I don't have that kind of following, nor do I give a shit about that kind of following. But, but yet her and I are sitting next to each other going in for producers for this for a great job because you make two two minute internet videos for your millions of followers that then but th- I guess that's cons- that's clout. You but now have clout. I think they're finding out that that is not clout. I think they're finding I out that so. so far it's been it's been an epic failure. Failure the tra- trying to tra- translating that success translating into both likes. film and television translating likes into views. Well, because there's because what you just said, you are an actor. You are you are you have practiced and trained and dedicated your life to trying to to do a specific art form. They're just bringing them in because they're just getting eyeballs. But once the eyeballs are there, if there's nothing past the eyeballs, that's it. It's done. It's yeah. and it's and, it, and, it, and I only know that because during my time, um, uh, working in production, I, I saw that that push. And I worked with those people, and it didn't. It every single time, it it fell short. And it's not because they're bad people; it's just not who they are. And they were trying to force an agenda in, and it yeah. just doesn't work. They're very successful at doing whatever they do on YouTube or Instagram or Twitter. That doesn't mean we need to make a show about a fucking Twitter account. No, but <laughs> they but they will try, and they will continue to try. Yeah. But I do believe, though, that um, nine times out of ten. You will you will succeed over that though. I still believe we're still there because they they haven't figured out how to quite make it work. I I think I hope you're right. I think you're right too. I I God God I hope so. Now that being <laughs> said, my kids watch more of guys just sitting there talking 
on YouTube about video games than they do actual written content, which drives me bonkers. So I have to force them to watch more creative and scripted television, which once they do, then they they appreciate it, as most human brains will. But it's amazing how quickly they will default to these types of programming. Yeah. And then I feel like it might be in a dick because I'm not accepting. Their no, world. but this is the kind of shit that makes me not want to have kids. You know what I mean? Like having to deal. Wait with a minute. That, like so you hate my kids all of a sudden because of that story? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Did I say that's the kind of shit that makes me want to hate your kids? Yeah. No, yeah, I said is that what you said? I don't want to. You just said that. It's the kind of shit that makes me not want to have kids. Oh, okay. Well, you can't have my kids. I don't understand what you want. <sighs> <laughs> no, but yeah. So that's that is amazing, and that's got to be a little disheartening though when you're sitting next to somebody going, "Well, why are you here? Because this is why I'm here." And you go, "Oh boy, here we go," and you wonder, you know, you wonder yeah. that once you go in that room, if they're going to ask you the ill-fated question, which I believe John has said. I don't. Again, I don't. I don't do what you guys do, but that way, do you do you have any followers? How many followers you have? Do you do they ever ask? Do they ask that question in, in auditions ever? They. I've never been asked in an audition. I've had it for commercials. Um, like when you f- sometimes you have to fill out a form with your name and blah 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 and then it'll say like Instagram followers Twitter and I'm just like man I should leave now like, yeah and I just I'm just gonna I'm, I don't want to waste my time or your time or th- if you want that you're gonna find it it's fucking L A just I mean, write N A yeah just or why don't they just Google your name yeah. and they can find out for themselves whether or not you're online and how active you are and I also or just uh, make up a goof just one g- bajillion. I know. I just but make sure you put a G in there. Bajillion. Bajillion. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's ridiculous. Um, what uh, What's next for you? What are you doing now? I I wrapped a movie this summer called Donnie's Party. Same. Which, no, I just oh. I guess I just have a thing for Don Donnie oh. in the title. I do a whole joke about how people named Donnie are bags of shit. Really? Oh yeah. Like most people you meet named Donnie. And it turns saying, out in her world, they're yeah, the exact the opposite, opposite. But like I come from a small town where the Donnies were like, let's start a fire. They're just yeah. fucking idiots. See, now I'm trying to think of any other Donnies I know. It's just the Donnie Deutsch and this fictional Donnie who yeah. has a bat mitzvah. All right. Is yeah. it called Donnie's bat mitzvah? It's called Donnie's party. Oh, okay. The party being yeah. his, not a bat mitzvah, a bar, a bar mitzvah. mitzvah. I was going to say, is Donnie a woman? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting well, take. Plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you just wrapped that this summer, you said? I wrapped it this summer. I have, you know, who knows when that will come out. But um, I've switched over into to the writing a bit this year. Really? Yeah. I took a, I took a playwriting course with the brilliant playwright and dear friend Eric Patterson. And so I've just completed my first full-length play. Awesome. Which was something I... I always hoped that I could do, but never thought that I would get to write end of play on right. a- anything. I, um, and then I'm uh, I'm in a screenwriting class at at Harvard through the Extension School, working on a on a screenplay idea that I've had for a while. Um, can, can I ask kind of an annoying, maybe an annoying question? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've written screenplays. I've written sketches. Mm-hmm. written uh pilots mm-hmm. what i've never written a play what I- is there just is it just more description is it just more no it's it's very very different from screenwriting it's i mean sound, it, it's in my head it feels like it would be different but i can't figure out 
if it's just stage direction or no it's actually it's the opposite i think of what is in your head because screenplays are it follows such a formula. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. by page 30, you've you got to be at this point. Yep. One. Yeah. I mean, it's, and all of the great, through this class, I'm kind of, you know, looking at these great screenplays and films like The Godfather, and, and they will hit their marks to the minute. Yep. You know, if you pause The Godfather at minute 30, <laughs> and you'll see. They're in th- that, exact spot. that exact yeah. spot. That something will happen. But plays, um, you don't, you kind of get to mm, do what you want. You create the world. There's no true formula that you have to follow. Like, there's no page count or... So plays are more like real life. Yeah. Yeah. There's... It's It relies so heavy... I mean, and films do too, but on, on the behavior... And the words and and knowing that w- when you're writing a play, y- you know that you're creating a living, breathing document. That it's not, this is one, because with screenwriting, you write a script, then there's the shooting script that then gets, you know, camera angles, and then, you know, what, you ac- what actually ends up on the day, and then it's done. Whereas a play, you have to put in all the clues in the text for when, you know, by the grace of goddess, this gets published and then circles around to other theaters when you're not, you don't get to be in the room to help it. Explain it. Explain it. That they, they see everything on that page to be able to tell the story that you wrote. So it's a real, it's, it's daunting. Yeah. Um, but it's really fun and liberating to know that there's not, it's a t- two, two sides to that. It's it's liberating to know that you're, there's not a specific formula that you have to follow. It's also terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. Because there's not a specific. Like, where, 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 I'm all, <laughs> page five thousand. I'm all over. How, how many pages was it? How many pages was your play? A, a ninety. I think I, I just did a. a Bit of a rewrite. I think I'm in 92. Okay, I thought you were gonna say 900. I, I, 900. I, I, I literally was like, I have no idea. Like, it's a 14 day theatrical. It's a sleepover. I wrote play. a telethon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna take place over the course it's of a just weekend. A slice of light. <laughs> Literally, Kitchen a slice drama. of your life yeah. will be taken away <laughs> on these 14 <laughs> days that you don't get to go home. But I did. But it, but there is no like, like if you try to turn in a script that's like too long people are gonna go get this the fuck away no. from me so i love plays a good are just like 90 minute no intermission that's okay so that's the deal you gotta anything longer than 90 i mean gotta, i just i wanted to write is, something is that that i like to see and yeah. i like the i love a 90 Quick. minute no intermission uh does it still equal like a screenplay one with using final draft one page equals about one a minute, minute of, of the movie yes that's still about, still yes. about the same okay it's about okay. the same Interesting. We had Garrett Morris on, and he um, was an original cast member on SNL, but he wasn't a comedian or an actor, really, before they found him. He had written these plays. He wrote a couple of dramatic plays, and people, the some of the guys in the cast were like, oh, Lauren, you got to read this. And he was like, oh, we got to get this guy in the writer's room. And he, he was like, even today, the day we interviewed him, he was like, yeah, I don't know what they were fucking saying. <laughs> I don't know why they wanted to playwright in the writer's room of a I fucking know, silly sketch comedy show, but like, 
He became the only black guy in the cast. Basically, it was like okay. that's insane. I never knew that. I didn't either. Yeah, I was we like, didn't I know either. He just started talking here, and I literally usually... assumed that he was he had been uh, was an actor yeah. doing this, and then went to that. Like he took the route to get to SNL that we think about today. But and it's crazy that the executives were like, "He wrote a play. Let's get him in here." Usually, no one yeah, gives no. a he wrote shit a play. about uh, plays. Uh, lose his number. He's a psycho. He yeah. wrote a play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this guy doesn't give a shit about making money. Well, it didn't yeah. hurt. That I think Bill Murray was one of the people that yeah, said no, 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 and, and, and right, and that, but and this, is, this is these are people that are who we talk about before they were the people that we talk about, yeah, that's true. So it's not like, oh, Bill Murray said it, it's like, yeah, Bill over here says yeah. we gotta get Garrett because <laughs> Gilda said, like, who the fuck are these people? Who's Gilda? That's yeah, Rita. Oh, Rita, 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 no, Gilda. Gilda. Oh, I call her Rita, but that's yeah, that's right. yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, that's that's a very uh. It just seems like such a different world, you know, the the theater. It is, and going, I, there wasn't very much time between when I stopped the playwriting class and then sort of there was a few weeks where I still continued writing to finish the draft that I started the screenwriting class. And I remember sitting down to write the screenplay, and I was like, oh, God, I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> this is, uh, and it was such a gear shift of yeah. getting your mind back into, okay, no, wait. Exterior, <laughs> night, night, <laughs> cafe. Yep. You know, it's like if everything you see has to be on the page. Whereas a play, it's like scene one, an apartment, and 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 you, you kind of leave it up to do. Is let's say okay, let's say you you your play is done, you sell the play, somebody decides to make the play. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say you open, let's say let's say you just open your play, scene one, apartment. Is it up to them? To then decide what the apartment and how it's dressed, unless there's specific notes in there from you, or is it? Usually, there's specific notes of like this is a wealthy family, this is a shithole. Uh, right. Mine takes place in a in a very in a 275 square foot apartment in New York City, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's it's very very the location is very specific. So I've sort of laid out. What's where? What's where? Her favorite chair. Her the picture of her parents. And the yeah. Well, no, n- not that far. But okay. like, um, like the apartment must have a ceiling, uh, because that's a a, a piece so in, in the in the play notes for set dressing essentially. Yeah, and every every uh, point in the apartment must be visible to the audience, including the bathroom. So like. It okay, should feel so as the though they the build fourth it has wall. To yeah, so like, don't hide the bathroom. The bathroom's got to be shown. So that I put that in the text, so people are not like, "Oh, my my actors don't want to pee and poop on stage, so we're just gonna put it behind the right. curtain." <laughs> so, I, but I've made it very clear that there is not. You, uh, they will pee and poop on they stage. They will pee and poop <laughs> on stage in uh, this play. Look at scene three: <laughs> violent diarrhea. Okay, yeah. we've got a play here, guys. Yeah. So it is. It isn't. It isn't as detailed as a screenplay. But it's just like, just different kind of notes. Like, like you said, yeah. like layout of a room has to be built this way. Like, yes, yeah, and the, and and in the text, it's di- it's different. Maybe I should read a play. You may, you, may, you ever have you ever? That read sounds a play? ignorant, doesn't it? That yeah. I've never read a play. <laughs> and you know what? I've read. You can walk over to my house. I've read. <laughs> like I've got a play to read. I'm like, okay, I, I can't buy this thing. Yeah, so. I don't want anything to do with a play. Um, I read. I mean, I read a lot of Shakespeare. I took a Shakespeare class, and those are essentially plays. Yeah. But 
I don't feel like remembering like, and then he walked into a room that definitely had a ceiling because the bathroom was visible. Like, I feel like I read them more as like movies. Is that weird or did I do it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> did I do college wrong, everybody? Yeah, mm, turns maybe. out. Yeah, I'm doing a fucking back. podcast in Brian Irwin's basement. <laughs> I definitely did college wrong. By the way, to bring that all back around, because I don't think we talked about, I don't think he was doing, you, you remember when Nate was on the show? I don't think he had done a play. He was doing a play at the Geffen. Had he already done the play by then? Did he talk about no, that? No, he the was thing? about to, though. He was I about think. to. So I went to that play, right? Oh. And um, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> okay, sorry. I'll see if we can turn back the clock here and get that figured out. By the way, we still have to watch a World Series game with that dude. He's rooting for Boston. Yeah, I know. He probably won't let you in this house with that hat on. But anyway, so here's oh, the, yeah. Man, there's no Dodger fan. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but I bringing that up. Listening to you guys talk, I remember. I remember going to the play, and it all comes back around to sitting here doing this right now. There's. So the, the same night we went, his brother Rob was there as well, and Rob was sitting about two rows behind me. <laughs> and in the play, um, uh, I can't remember if Nate, what Nate's character was. I think I can't remember if he was a struggling actor or a comedian or whatever, but the point is th- this other woman comes in and makes a joke. She goes, oh, that guy's a comedian. You know, he's, got, he's like all the comedians. He has a podcast, and I just hear Rob behind me, ha! And then it just stops laughing. I'm like, all right, we're making fun of comedians of podcasts. <laughs> I'm glad I came to the and play. And then one here. more yell of fuck yeah. you guys. <laughs> and you just get up and leave. And then I just sat there and I was like, yeah, but both of you guys are on my podcast. Yeah, you've so both been on the podcast, <laughs> so fuck off. <laughs> That's hilarious, though. I mean, was the, did you enjoy the play? Yeah. Yeah? How long was it? I don't know. I, it wasn't. I don't remember. You've seen I don't it? think. I I mean, Ninety minutes, no intermission. I bo- was it? Or did you see I the play? A, I think it was hundred. Did you see the play? I did. You did. Okay, I, I can't remember. Kind of have to, don't you? Well, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you. Time, time, space, continuum. Okay. Yeah, time, space, continuum. All this no, stuff. I, I don't know. I, yes. Was, I, so I it was it, well, there was no intermission, right? No, I think okay. it was like a hundred minutes. Am I right? Was his character an actor or something like that? He was a, a writer. Writer, thank you. But there was a de- okay. But, there, but, but his, the wife was an actress. Okay, yeah. Okay. I enjoyed it. I don't see a lot of plays. I'm not a play guy. I'm Brian from Wisconsin, dude. Yeah. First of all, I don't. I don't think I've met a man that goes. I'm a play guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Give if you're in the arts, though. I think if you're in the arts, though. I think that yeah. all depends because I know some very famous actors who are like, I would never sit through a fucking play. I don't like antique furniture. Like, there's like, people are weirdos. You know what I mean? Like, no, I kind of feel bad. I feel like there's, you know, I, again, I think it always boils down to the same thing. It doesn't matter whether it's TV, uh, podcast, a film, or a play. If it is not engaging, it doesn't matter. If you're not invested in somebody that's on that, uh, in, in that moment, doesn't matter what it is. It's it's just it's it's all shit or it, or it can be great. I've yes. seen I've seen I've gone to two plays that I can recall that have, were friends were in out here, and they were exceedingly long, way too long, so fucking long. What were they? Boring. <laughs> <laughs> that was the name of it. I remember yeah. that one. Like mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I saw one. And but was it because we couldn't they leave after intermission? I went with a buddy because we were going to go see our friends, row. and we want no, we were but there was there was only scattered heads, oh. and there was like five or six of us. So if we left, that's two people gone. So if you're an actor, mm. you look out after intermission, you're like people left, like you'd be able to see that. And I was like, well, dude, we can't do that. Oh no, I leave at intermission if I'm not having a good time. 
Even I, if your friend is in it. Oh God, no. Okay, well that's I what just I was texting from the bar. Right. Well, that's what Easy. I wanted. I wanted <laughs> to show sucked, up at the end. For a beer. I, I I was like I waited around <laughs> at the end, and my buddy's like, "You want to get out?" I go, "No, he needs to see that we were fucking here." Yeah, like, if you're gonna stay to the we end, we put in the yeah. time. He, it's like that's it's right. like, it's like yeah. dropping your tip, tip into the making thing sure while they yes. tip. making eye contact. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Absolutely. But then the other play I saw was just it was like two guys I really like. One guy has been on the show, but and it was it it was just a little too long, you know, and so. And I guess not like as engaging. I feel like I might be a guy who loves dinner theater, or something that oh. gets me involved. Murder <laughs> mystery. Yeah, you'd be you'd like uh, some interactive like like Sleep No More in New York. If that's a thing. Were you like? <laughs> do you know that? They just no. give you a bunch of meth and put you in a warehouse. <laughs> sleep No More. I'm more of an escape room guy. Oof, I've done I one of those. I just did my first one this past weekend. Oh, did you like it? Oh, my God, I loved it. I did Kay. Stash House. Have you done that one? I just, no, I've, we only did one. We did one that was um, called, uh, oh, wait. Where you find the drugs? Yeah. Oh, wait, what? Yes, Where's yeah. that the one? Apartment? Do you start in the van? Uh, Wait, what? Hold oh. on. First off, that's not I an escape room. That's <laughs> that's the guy said liability. it was an escape room. No, it yeah. was. I did it with. Hey Lachlan. guys, you want to do my white van escape room? Yeah. <laughs> what? Get in. What's your name? Just does this smell like ether? What's happening? <laughs> um, <laughs> Lachlan Patterson and his girlfriend were re- are really into him, and they brought it up to me and Nicole, who's my wife. And Nicole was like, uh, "I don't know. Is this something we want to do?" And I was like, "Shit, I think why not? Let's try it. It was his birthday. Like, it'll be fun, you know." And Lachlan has done a couple of them, and he he said they it's an interesting dynamic when you're with another couple because he's seen a couple have Ooh. a full breakdown like fight, like why like because you know it's not real. Well, right, okay, but there's a time element and there's a you know an intelligence and it's element. It's all about communication. And it's about communication. So like, no, no, mm. do this, do that, turn it that way. Would you fucking stop telling me how to turn? I'm not thinking. You'd always tell me that. And then they just going out, and then they're like backing into a corner, like, well, no, we can't. I just defer to my thing. wife into those things. I mean, she's we, a she's a she's her own Miss Marple. I'm like, go go for it. Let's do this. It, it helps to be in there with somebody who's done it before or done yes. one before. Yeah, I went with with a very experienced escape room couple. Yeah, but and they hadn't already done that one, right? That's the no, it's worse when you go with someone one. who's been in the same room. Oh, I don't think already. you can do them again. I mean, well, we can. Again? Well, because some but, people just whatever. Yeah, but there were four couples. So it was, you know. That's intense. That's intense. It can it can it be if everyone's south, into it real quick. real fast. But yeah. if everyone's into it, it's fun as shit. Yeah, yes. and, and 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 really, I mean, it gets. I don't know if yours got. Did yours guys get like like? Was it supposed to be scary at the end? Like they're coming in. It's coming. They're coming in to get you. And like ah, there was like gunfire outside. And oh my god. We were supposed to like no. get out of this Again, room. I don't, I don't think don't, that was an escape yeah, room, John. I, I think you were abandoned house and. I think you were part of a real crime, just yeah. so you know. I Look, and then I took the drugs I got in the escape house, and I sold them. I made a lot of money, guys. It was real cocaine. You guys are the one where they actually take your kidney? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was a that little one? painful, but man, the pills, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Who's with me? Now, I, f- I hope that uh, this isn't falling on deaf ears of the escape room. Is that is this become a national thing yet, or is yeah. it still a no, I think coastal know what thing? They are. I don't know. You pay money to feel like you're held captive, and you have to escape somewhere. So I know it is a very bizarre. It premise. is the most white it's person thing I can think yeah. of. Like, yes. let's give these guys money and they'll lock us in a place, and then we gotta figure out how to get out. Yeah, Ugh. we gotta do puzzles to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, it's a big, like, it's a big nerdy white <laughs> fucking blah, like. But it's fun. I can't imagine like a minority, like a black guy, would be like, "Yeah, escape room." Like, no. Yeah. That's like Dave Chappelle going. 
people ask me I want to take a tour of Alcatraz. Why the fuck do I want to take a tour of a prison? That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to end, right? Escape rooms? Yeah, escape rooms are great. And uh, I'm going to make the first escape room play. Okay. Ooh. That's, I was going to say, it's actually a really good premise because your couple friend who got in a fight. Yeah. And stakes are high. Can't, can't get out of that room. Interactive play slash escape room. Ooh. Hidden camera play. I know there's no cameras in plays. So but starring Dave Chappelle. That's right. See, <laughs> work on it. Uh, you know, I it's will. funny. I you you bring that up, but before the Herald closed, um, I was uh, in negotiations with Blumhouse. You know, they do all the horror films. They mm-hmm. wanted to do an interactive haunted house at the Herald. In the in the Herald, they that ended up doing awesome. it somewhere else. But their thing was, they it was it was going to be one of those things where they had every group had plants in them. And you didn't know it, and so as the, as it went on, they were telling stories, people and, they, and, and people were gonna th- things were gonna start happening throughout the whole thing. Really so you didn't, you never knew. So it was actually, it turns out, it was an interactive story, and a play, but it was also a haunted house simultaneously Dude. that you did not that, know. That's you know what that's, that is. That's Blair Witch. Yeah. That's what I've heard they did with Blair Witch. It was like. Those actors got note cards about the scene they were about to do and not to tell the other actors what they were supposed to do, and then they did it. And they didn't know what the other person was necessarily doing, so when the guy loses the map, everyone's like, hey, asshole, that's the fucking map. He's like, I don't know. And like, he was supposed to lose the map, but he can't tell them that, yeah. and then they have to act. It's like, whoa. Yeah, I heard they had to, I heard they had to jump on Heather at the end and like tell her it was it's all okay. Because like, at the end, you they think they're going to die. It's like... It's insane, Um, but that's a good. Actually, that's that is a good ending. It's October. It's getting into Halloween. Escape rooms. It never happened. I was kind of bummed that we didn't make it happen. Yeah, that is a bummer. I would have loved to have uh, like seen the process of that. It was all because I used to tell fake ghost stories about the building. That's the reason why I wanted to do it. Yeah. Why do you don't need a fake ghost story? You have the best spooky story there is. Oh, you never heard the other story. With the dead neighbor. Yeah, that's a real terrifying, (laughs) sad, weird. It's just, oh, God. That was like one of my first introductions to you. I think that's how he introduces himself Let's have neighbor Brian come over and tell us the story about when his neighbor killed himself. And I was like, cool. This sounds like a great neighborhood. Welcome to the neighborhood. (laughs) You're like, I'm going to write a play about it. I always walk in. became the Burbs. I always walk in with a Google map of the area and go, well, which dead body story do you want to hear? (laughs) This neighbor's story? Pick it on a map and I'll tell you. This one here, or this one here, or the one in the couch you're sitting in right now. (laughs) And then psycho music. And then my kids jump out of the couch and grab them. Fair enough. Best Uh, thing, best thing, neighbor Nate ever did. Hire Tanner to uh, be a fake, uh, um, uh, a fake uh, Halloween character sitting in a chair. So as everybody came up, he'd start moving. Scared the shit out of everybody everybody that was walking up to the door. That's awesome. He sat in a zombie costume and didn't move. And then as soon as people got close, he'd just sit up. And watching grown adults, and I always told, I told the only thing I said to him, I go, you need to do it when they're five to seven feet away from They'll you. They'll punch you if they it's will too, punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told him, I yes. go, they will punch you. Yes. But Nate hit around the corner as a safety valve just in case someone freaked out, like with like uh, untrained karate moves and wanted to like try to take somebody yeah, out. Right, he right. would jump in front and stop him. It never happened, but he scared the shit out of a lot of people. That's awesome. That's awesome. So happy Halloween, America. Uh, yeah, happy Halloween. Jess, thank you so much for yeah. doing the show. Thanks that was for having me. That, that beginning, that took its, I did not. I knew to... about it. I and did so I I want to do sit there. That coming. No, like, I, I, knew I, that... I figured we'd be getting into getting to New York pretty quick, and uh, 
I, I've got to tell Sean Green. That guy started the sports gambling podcast. He's a huge online gambler. Like, I mean, that shit's all possible because of your your dad, stepdad, and yeah. your mom. That's crazy. Send, send us a thank you card. Yeah, with a million dollars. A million dollars. Or a Starbucks gift card or anything, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, we're in the middle of the World Series, guys. It's getting crazy. That's all you can say. That's all I can say. Because then, then they can play it every World Series. Go play some sports yeah, bets. That's right. <laughs> in, off a bo- on a boat. On a boat. Yeah, offshore. Because because your sports bets will buy someone's young daughter's braces. <laughs> because that is <laughs> how it? my braces got purchased. You have, you have young offshore daughter teeth. Grows up I have offshore to be teeth. an actress. Yes, because my orthodontist lost <laughs> on a football game. <laughs> And owed my stepfather a lot of money. So he's like, I can give you kid braces, or you can break my kneecaps. <laughs> and I got perfect teeth. That's awesome. <laughs> Gambling, the new dentist. And we'll call those, <laughs> yeah, we'll call those teeth your draft kings over there. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, my draft kings? <laughs> Most people call them chompers or pearly whites. Nah, nah, nah. My draft kings. That's really funny. Thanks, uh, Jess. All right, thank you so much for doing Thanks, the show. Really guys. appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>